Hello, everybody. Uh, welcome to a new episode of Request for Commons. This is episode number seven, the second episode of the IETF 96 special. And I had another guest. Uh, we, uh, we did the recording three weeks after the IETF meeting. There will be an episode from the IETF meeting, but, um, yeah, there, there is a little bit of audio editing to do and, uh, it's a little bit, um, more difficult. So that, that episode has to wait. And I, um, I decided that, uh, I will, uh, publish this episode first. So, um, yeah, you will probably know my guest. Um, and, uh, hopefully you're looking forward to this episode. It's longer than the others. I think so. So you can probably guess who my guest is. Have fun. So hello, I have another guest. Um, this time it's Clemens, Clemens Schrimpfer. Hi, Clemens. Hi. <laughs> Would you like to introduce yourself, please? No, I don't like to, but uh, I will anyway. <laughs> my name is Clemens Schrimpfer, and in my capacity in this podcast, I am a member of the NOC team, the Network Operations Center team that handles the, uh, the network, uh, the meetings, the ITF meetings own network. And uh, we're a small team of a couple of very dedicated people. We're all volunteers. And my part in that team is that I take care of of routing and external connectivity, so bringing connectivity into the venue and connectivity out again from our network into the hotel. Mm -hmm. we're gonna get to that later. And you're responsible uh, for me being at the IATF 96. It was 96, right? It was 96. It was 96 because uh, you invited me. I did. I did because of the other episodes of this podcast, which were done in a different language. But um, yeah, and anyway, then... yeah, you showed you showed some some very deep interest. And since it was in Berlin anyway, which was kind of close and I knew you could get to Berlin easily and, and uh, very cost efficiently, <laughs> um, it was it was easy to and it was so persuade nice. you to come. So my home base at the IETF uh, meeting was uh, actually the NOC Uh where I met all the other guys and they were so incredible nice. So you have a really, really nice team there. Yes. Um, actually, we could, since we start about this anyway, uh, so the team uh, of the NOC, uh, we have a team lead, um, that's Jim, and uh, then we have people from uh, different places of the world. So we have uh, people from Japan. We have many people from the U.S. Mm -hmm. uh, we have a German. That would be me. <laughs> he used to have another German, but he's uh, he's currently off writing his master thesis or something. So he's he's busy. But um, yeah, we're about. Let's do, let me do the count real quick. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen, fourteen people. Fourteen people 12, between. Yeah, sometimes more or less. Since since we're all volunteers, um, yeah. uh, or mostly not all of them, but mostly most most of us uh, are volunteers. Uh, so they have day jobs, um, and sometimes uh, there are collisions, so they have to attend to their day jobs and can't come to the meeting. Um, or they come late or leave early or whatever. Mm. So, um, yeah, I'd say around, uh, 12, 13, 14 people. For and then we have yeah. a nice team from, a, from a little company 
uh, Verilan, uh, which which help us with logistics, like transport logistics, uh, getting our stuff uh, in and out of the country, uh, which is uh, yeah, we have a to science, talk about that science on its own. It's oh, yeah. a lot of stuff, a lot of stuff. Um, I took a I, I took a picture um, after the the last day of the the ITF and the teardown. Uh, ah, it was was finished nearly nearly finished at that time when I took the picture. Yeah, we had all the crates there and still open with uh, stuff. Yeah, yeah. Twenty six uh, in Berlin. In Berlin, we had tw uh, twenty twenty seven crates total. A total uh, uh, mass of, I think, close to one and a half tons. <laughs> seriously, yeah, one seriously. and a half tons. That's okay. Yeah, but the, the, quite heavy. the crates, the crates themselves uh, are fairly heavy too, because they're uh, they're they're crates or specific shipping containers, the Pelican cases mm -hmm. that uh, that are. Uh, especially made to to uh, transport delicate equipment mm -hmm. uh so we have some equipment uh, like there's very sensitive cameras for instance for the for the multimedia group that that does all the recordings so we have cameras with lenses and things mm -hmm. that have to be packed up very nicely and protected uh during the long trip across the world because the equipment that we bring to the meeting um we bring that to to all the meetings and it goes goes home it lives in in portland and oregon in the us uh, um mm -hmm. and after each meeting it goes back to that place and then gets opened again and cleaned up and uh, reset and whatever for the next meeting and then it's sent again from portland to uh, to the next venue so for instance Right now, uh, we're doing this recording. What, like three weeks after the meeting? Uh, two weeks. Two weeks three, after well, the meeting. More, uh, three weeks. Three weeks. Three, three weeks, weeks after yeah. after after the Berlin meeting, ITF ninety six. Yeah. The next meeting is ITF ninety seven, uh, which is in Seoul, in South Korea, and uh, we're expecting the equipment to return to Portland like today or tomorrow. Whoa! Seriously, um, I th I really thought it's already there. No, no, no. It takes about three weeks. I have from Berlin, over the back seas. to Portland, and um, then it's uh, again it's unpacked, it's resorted because we don't use the same equipment or exactly the same equipment at every at every meeting. So there's sometimes there's more switches, more access points, or other things. We get to that. Uh, yeah. And um, so there is some minor changes, and also we operate uh, the core part of the network in between of the meetings. So this is also why it returns home. Um, uh, so it gets plugged in again so we can configure things and prepare it for the next meeting before it's again packed up and then shipped uh, out to South Korea. This mm -hmm. Okay. So where should we start? You um, told me that uh, the hotel where the uh, the meeting was in Berlin, um, you were in the f it was not the first time in, in the Interconti, right? In Berlin. No, we were there three years ago already, okay. also in summer. Uh, and yeah, how, how does it work? How, how, how can I, how, how does it, when do you arrive? So when, when, when does the equipment arrive and how do you proceed to, to bring up the network? Well, the whole thing starts long, 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 long before. There is a procedure that we call uh, site qualification. Um, where a, a very small part of the team um uh, together with the uh, the organizers so the the 
the organizers of the part of the of the event that is not network related. So now they also have to have look at rooms and catering and blah blah blah. So there is a team of about four people that uh, goes to sites uh, and just visits hotels. They uh, this uh, this is prepared by by a smaller even smaller part of the team. Uh, two ladies uh, that uh, that pick the hotels uh, and then uh, they get uh, a few Nocti members. Sometimes it's it's myself, uh, especially here for Europe European locations, and uh, most of the time it's it's the team lead Jim. Um, and then they then they go uh, and and visit the hotels first. And this happens usually three years before the meeting. Mm -hmm. So, um, just, just uh, a question, we, we, uh, mm -hmm. sorry, um, you started recording as well? I did. Ah, yeah, okay. Did. Then you losing packets again. Yep. <laughs> I'm sorry. Um, yeah. So three years, about three years before the actual meeting, we go to the hotel or whatever conference center or wherever the meeting happens. Um, we go there and then we, we look at things. So, um, uh, the, the main organizers, they look at rooms, they look at a uh, number of seats in the rooms. They look at how many different rooms, how sometimes you can split the rooms, um, by, uh, raising additional walls or moving, they have moving walls. So you can redesign the whole conference space and things. And they look at this. And, uh, uh, the Nocti members that are part of these, uh, site qualification visit, um, we, we look at the hotel or the venue infrastructure. So mm -hmm. what kind of cables do they have? Do they have copper cables? Do they have fiber cables? What kind of fiber cables do they have? What kind of facilities do they have in terms of bringing external connectivity into the venue? Um, uh, sometimes there is, uh, separate, there's multiple buildings. We have to see, have to, have to evaluate how the, how the buildings are interconnected. Um, or how we could do things. So we always have in mind the, the setup that we'd like to do. And then we go there and work with the hotel technicians to, to see how we would build it if we were there at that time. Mm -hmm. uh, sometimes a set of requirements falls out of these site qualifications and say, okay, yeah, we can do the meeting here and that's fine. And if all the commercial deals, which the, nobody from the NOC team is involved in, Uh, by the way, so I can't tell you how much all these things cost or whatever. We don't, we don't know. We don't care. Um, uh, but sometimes we say, yeah, we can do it here, but, uh, in order to get to the main conference room, there is no connectivity there. There's no cable there that we can use. Uh, and then we make it part of the contract that the hotel or whatever conference center has to run additional cables and fibers. That okay. happens actually quite a number of times. We had that the last time in Buenos Aires, where we had the spring meeting this year in, in, was it early, late March, late March and mm -hmm. early April. Mm -hmm. Um, that was in Buenos Aires in the, uh, um, Hilton. Okay. Is it a Hilton? Yeah, Hilton. And, uh, yeah, there they had to, they had to run additional fibers into the, into the meeting space because they had almost no connectivity at all into those places. And so this is, this is part of that. And then things just lie down for like three years because, uh, such meetings take a lot of time to prepare. And, uh, um, then, uh, a couple of months before the actual meeting, uh, we go there again and to see if things still are the way they, uh, we found them three years ago. Mm -hmm. uh, sometimes things change. Sometimes the entire hotel changes because it was built by another hotel chain. And then we have to remind them of things that were in the contract and blah. So <clears throat> these, um, 
this could happen too. And uh, so they, this is the actual side survey. I am. I, I believe they're mostly happy after uh, you've been there. Then. The yeah, but this uh, we're we're still in front of the whole thing. Yeah. So uh, when we when we go there for the site qualification and tell them, yeah, we gonna we gonna wire your entire hotel or take over all your wires <laughs> or take over. Yeah, that's, that's, they they look they look very scared. Yeah, I I, I, I've I believe done this a number of times. <laughs> I can and, uh, I can I can imagine because that's that's a thing uh, I think the uh, an, an admin doesn't like huh especially no, if there's, you're, if there's you're... other people coming in into there and then uh like taking over pretty much uh, of the of the physical infrastructure just Not to make it, we, we don't just to make yeah. it clear you're literally taking it over Yes and no. Uh, that's the point. That's I have to clarify that during this during site qualification visit. They say, yeah, we want stuff from you. Uh, we don't want other stuff. We want your cables. We're not touching your switches, or we're not touching your computers, or whatever. But you're so touching these, the access those points. Remind you. Are you touching the access points? Yeah, yeah. No, not really. No, no, no. We don't. The, you're, you're, um, you're just you're just okay. Sorry, I interrupt you <laughs> all the time. No, that's fine. Um, it is also um, uh, it it very highly depends on on how these venues are built. Mostly, these are big conference hotels, so we indeed have uh, an infrastructure where you have a couple of of halls. There are really big ballrooms where you can fit fifteen hundred people or yep. more into a room. Uh, smaller conference rooms uh, down to very small ones where only like a dozen people could uh, could sit and work. Mm -hmm. And uh, then then there's the issue of guest rooms. Um, if it's a hotel indeed, and most of the time it is a hotel uh, or a meeting venue, then we have um, a, a quite a number of participants uh, um, staying in the very same hotel. A, because it's very yep. convenient. And B, uh, we make that part of the deal. Again, I have no... No details about the commercial things, how that works. Yeah, like no, no, you get the conference room, yeah, that's then, okay. therefore we have to take this and that many hotel rooms. This no. is always, um, this is kind of a trade secret thing that is done by yeah. the by the organizers. And it makes um, totally sense that it's uh, a trade secret thing. <laughs> yeah, and there's a lot of negotiations going on. Mm -hmm. This is again, this it takes up to three years usually to for this to happen between site qualification, and the actual meeting. So there's lots of negotiations going mm -hmm. on. There. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> anyway, so yeah, but we're also um, we're also uh, depending on how the infrastructure in the hotel on the guest room looks like. Uh, we're taking over that part as well, but taking over it doesn't necessarily mean that we take everything over, take control from them uh, completely. That's this just means that we uh, add things. Maybe I should start by saying why we have our own network at all. Yeah, um, perhaps <laughs> the, that's actually that should have been a better introduction here. Um, the <laughs> the main reason why we have the uh, why we have the meeting network is because, uh, frankly, and every listener can probably relate to that. Um, hotel networks usually suck. <laughs> it was they exactly the sentence I would have uh, said. They suck for big time. They suck. They really suck. I know. I can. They don't have to. They don't have to. I've I've done site qualifications this time in April. This time I found a hotel where the infrastructure really, really did not suck. It was really great. So even if the infrastructure doesn't suck, mm. uh, sometimes the provider you have there for, for your, for your hotel Wi-Fi sucks. 
and then you have a yeah there's that so so sometimes okay what we what we're going to have is this is the this is the ITF it's the internet engineering task force yes, so you, it's all about the internet you can't have so we want, a sucking <clears throat> network <laughs> yeah but it, it, it can suck in so many ways so you can have maybe you have a good wireless infrastructure but you still have a fucking portal um, so you have a thing that you can't just use the internet, but you have to click on certain websites, enter credit card numbers, blah, blah, blah. And then still, usually you're not able to use the network or you limit it. They limit you in the bandwidth or oh. they, they block off ports. They, uh, they block VPNs and whatnot. <coughs> Sorry. And we can't have that. So it's, it's a, it's a dedicated, the ITF that, or the, the members that meet there is a very dedicated group of people that really, really would like to work. And, uh, they don't have to, they don't have time to monkey around with, uh, with getting their own connection working for the duration of their stay. So, um, um, what we provide is to, to our, to our attendees is we would to provide them with an, let's say, ideal network. Ideal network means that it's 2016, we provide IPv6. And we've been doing that for a long time. So our, my personal main goal is to provide good and perfect IPv6 uh, uh, connectivity. In addition to that, we also provide, of course, IPv4, because there are still, IP, let's, let's be honest, there are still some IPv4 out there. So in order to accommodate that, we also, of course, provide a BB4 connectivity. I just we provide I, I mutual ha connectivity. I have to. Hmm? I have. I have just a little anecdote. Um, uh, at the how is it called? The the last review, um, or the the review that is for for the meeting in the middle of the week. Uh, the the um, how do you call it? Um, where. Uh, the chairman in, the, in a plenary yeah in the yeah. plenary yeah yeah it was in the plenary um so, uh, one guy stood up to to the uh, microphone and um it it was a talk about uh, how to prepare for 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 um for the for the media for the um sessions and uh he <laughs> was just trolling and stood up and said yeah i'd uh, i'd really like to to uh, use the github source for the documents um but i'm uh at the own uh, IPv6 only Wi-Fi network. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And yeah, it was you a, can have that. And the whole the whole uh, session was scream and <laughs> clapping, and it was uh, okay inside. It was it was GitHub. GitHub was uh, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> it's it was uh, very yeah, nice. it's an age-old story. Um, <clears throat> with some providers, I mean, all the big ones are v6 now, but then again, it's a shame that, that GitHub, GitHub is isn't. still <laughs> behind. Um, anyway, so yeah, but, uh, in general, we provide to all of our attendees, uh, free of charge and, uh, not limited. So we don't uh, limit bandwidth use or we don't block any ports and things. And several, provide, several, uh, several Wi-Fi's you have, you have different, um, SSIDs. How, how many are there for, uh, just for ITF? We provide, uh, in the meeting space, yeah. we provide uh, six six different six. SSIDs. Six. Um, okay. this is, so we provide a normal network, what we consider the main network. It's just called ITF, which is a network built according to the latest standards, and we use encryption there. We use 802.1x encryption. Um, um, so each each user has, or each device has a a personal or a speci device specific set of keys so you can't listen into it uh, on the radio and listen to other people's uh, uh, conversations on the net then we provide for those who bring a device which 
cannot do that. We provide something that we call ITF Legacy, which is a network is just open, open thing, no pass keys, no no it's encryption, no nothing. Yeah. Then then and we're gonna uh, we're probably gonna drop that sometime soon or real soon. Now we have a network which only operates uh, in the two point four gigahertz range for very old devices with or for people who would like to prefer that. Um, you drop the then open. We have, you drop the legacy. No, no, no. The ITF 2.4 only. Ah, okay, okay, okay. That, which is only yeah. only works in one of the two okay. bands that we yeah. could use, radio bands that we could use for for wireless LAN. 2.5 and 2.0. And, uh, yep. And then uh, we have networks for testing. For instance, we have a network that's IPv6 only, so there is no V4 on that at all. Um, and it so was uh, feel yeah that's that's what the guy ref was referring yeah. to that he's only on the uh, on the IPv6 uh, only Wi-Fi network yeah right and then we have uh, a network which is Net64 so which is internally uh, IPv6 only but you can still reach uh, IPv4 sites out out on the internet mm -hmm. which is uh, which is I think uh, uh, something that you will see much more in the coming in the coming years, so that uh, you see new networks being built that way. That they're v6 only internally, but they're through the net 64 uh, mechanism. You can still reach uh, sites on on the v4 side of the net. Mm -hmm. um, and then there's Eduroam. Eduroam. Are you familiar with Eduroam? Um, I am, but perhaps uh, our listeners uh, aren't. So. Eduroam is is a thing that comes from the educational community, hence the name. Um, it is um, a let's say uh, there's there's not a company behind it. It's um it's a it's a, a wireless network that you can find with the same name and the same technical base uh, base parameters uh, in uh, by now in almost all educational facilities yeah. on Univers the planet and universe as a university. I know it from the from 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 my time at university, so it's um it's it's not a new thing so to say. No, no, it's not a new thing. But we also supply this because we have uh, quite a number of attendees. Yeah. Uh, that come from educational institutions, and for them, they could just open their laptop or whatever device they have, and it feels like home for them. So it's it's like uh. If they were at their home university or whatever, yeah, and they, they can don't access have to type in any passwords yes, and yeah. things. They just open the laptops and start working. Yeah, and they have access to their um, to their um, resources on the universities and uh, mm -mm. so. Mm -mm. There's yeah. nothing special. They uh, they they don't have special access rights. The only thing is that they don't have to identify themselves to the network. But when I it's when not like. Are you sure? No, no, yeah. Inside your own network, but if you use your Eduroam account at a different university or at an ITF meeting, whatever, you're just another internet user. There, you don't have any special access rights at your home university because you're using Eduroam. Nope, sorry, wrong uh, perception. Uh, but not, not even, not even. Um, uh -huh. nope. Seriously. 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 Okay. I, I okay. Then <clears throat> then I then I mix uh, things up at the moment because I, there's I, other I, things. There's there are many universities who do that. Uh, they use VPNs now, so they. But the Edu Rome thing is just a means of saying, okay, I want to use the wireless network here, and uh, I use my my affiliation with my home university 
because they they guarantee that I'm I'm uh, okay uh, okay okay that's that's uh, uh, I'm the right quite person a, and that I'm allowed service. to use the it's network a, blah 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 it's blah, a blah. service it's a service for uh, of of the IATF meeting for all the attendees from universities yeah from to connect to educational connect institutions there are there are some non universities okay. Okay. but um, educational yeah. institutions anyway. um so uh, they can they can log in. Uh, Well, you you are connected to the um how do how do you pronounce it in English? I I don't I only know Eduram. 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 Um, f uh, the the connection to the Eduram uh, uh service. Careful where you go there. Eduram. <laughs> Eduroam is only a mechanism for authenticating. Yeah, people. yeah, it's, but but you are it's connecting. Not, it's not about the data traffic. No, We don't no, run the data fine, traffic back fine. to their home universities. But it's, but it's just authenticating users through their but home universities. You connect, you connect the uh, your your network to the authentication servers mm -hmm. of Eduroam. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. Uh, that was the question. Okay. Yeah. Um, And then, then there's, those are the six that we provide for our own infrastructure inside the meeting space. And we get to that, why we're doing this and not mm -hmm. using whatever the hotel has there. And then again, there's the guest rooms and the guest rooms, uh, they, we don't use our own access points. We use the, the access points that are provided by the hotel. And, uh, still we provide our own. Uh, say layer three and beyond. So we use their layer two. We use their switches. We use their access points. Mm -hmm. But we say, okay, your router stinks and your portal stinks. So um, either they open a separate SSID for our attendees, which usually then called ITF dash hotel, mm -hmm. uh, which you find in all the guest rooms mm -hmm. and uh, which plays by our rules. So it doesn't doesn't have stupid portals on it and carries v6 and it's neutral and has no bandwidth limitations and blah 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 yeah i forgot you, but you. we use we use their switches we use their access points we use their cabling to the guest rooms because did you these, did, these venues can be big did you did you uh, uh on purpose not mentioning yet the public address space v6 there is nothing but v6 public address space ah v4 Before, mm -hmm. before I don't care, but we can get to it. If you care, I can I can tell you things about before address space that we're using. Yeah, and that's actually a thing for, up for political dispute. But yeah, we can get to that. Um, <laughs> anyway, no, it's, <laughs> I'm just no, kidding. it's just it's just <clears throat> if you if you if you're in in the, this network of of the IETF meeting, you have a public address. So that's that's um, what. No, I'll, we have a public v4 address that's the that's the v4 yeah outstanding thing yeah yeah not v6 of course not but um uh, that that's not outstanding that's what i mean but um yeah you have the public ipv4 uh ip address and um yeah like like um at uh the ccc yeah the, congress. the ccc congress or so or, or, or the, the emf Yeah, EMF camp or the the CC CCC CCC camp, camp. <laughs> um, Yeah, there's 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 not so many not so many uh, uh, event networks which do that these days yeah. for IPv4. Yeah, and that's uh, so um, it is outstanding. And um, yeah, but I I know you don't like to talk about IPv6 because it's deprecated. Uh, IPv4 because it's deprecated. Well, I do. Because, <laughs> yeah, we still, we still providing it and, uh, it takes, still takes a lot of, takes a lot of effort. 
but uh, yeah, yeah. And it bothers did. me that uh, the iPhone, my iPhone is only willing to tell me which IPv4 address I have. If I got it, got one uh, via DHCP, that's uh, somehow. I think, I think that would change with iOS 10. I've seen some iOS 10 beta. Oh, uh, they do. Out there oh, it's time. Where you finally could see some of that. It's time. It's totally time for this. Yeah. Okay. I mean, it was it was Stuart Cheshire, which, by the way, is a very active ITF member. I think you've met him briefly, and uh, he said uh, it's Cheshire. yeah, 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 yeah and and and, and you <laughs> that was. <laughs> Can you tell the story how I met Stuart Cheshire? No, no. <laughs> I just caught him when he was walking past us because I knew you were a fan. He girl. told me, and <laughs> look, look. There, Stuart, because I will. I, I, I really wanted to meet Stuart Cheshire and uh, Clemens. Look, there's Stuart. Stuart, wait a second. She want to meet you. She's a fangirl. Hi. <laughs> and so, uh, and he and he um, he was really nice, but he had no time, perhaps because you were so offensive. <laughs> or or I am. I it was no no no. You went you went offensive, but but I was I was I was totally red in my face. I think so. Fan girl, like I said. Yes, fan girl. Anyway, so he he it's gave out he gave out the parole that uh, that uh, uh, IPv6 was no longer to be treated as a second rate citizen, and mm -hmm. uh, and I was about to approach him at the at the meeting, say, okay, why can't we have iOS interfaces on the iPhones actually tell us about v6 addresses? You didn't? But then I saw the oh. iOS 10. Uh, uh, I saw the iOS 10 uh, beta, one of the earliest beta versions, uh, and. There, it was. Oh. You could see those addresses, and then. Anyway, we are. I will. I will uh, ask. I, I actually will. Sliding off our path. Ask for that today. Yeah. Uh, sorry. Um, anyway, so yeah. Um, still, so we get we get from one to the another. So we we provided a network to the attendees, which is not. Uh, which is not impacted by the usual shit that you encounter out there when you go to uh, public uh, public networks. So and you uh, and you have uh, the normal the normal uh, thing is that you just put your SSID on the um, hotel network at the for 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 the rooms. That was uh, if if they if their equipment can do that, we put that in addition to their normal one. There uh, there is equipment that can't do that. Oh yeah. Yeah, most of, most of the wireless equipment that you have out there these days can uh, can provide more than one. In SSID. hotels? Oh yeah, they use the same shit that we do. They just configure it oh, shit. in shitty ways. But um, um, this it's the same. Uh, it's the same stuff. Sometimes it's literally the same stuff. I mentioned that other hotel that I visited earlier this year. I can tell you, it's in Copenhagen. It's the Tivoli in Copenhagen. Mm -hmm. They have their it's it's a newly built hotel uh, with. Extremely well done infrastructure, and they use exactly the same access points that we do, um, and they even configure them right. But um, sometimes it's uh, it's fairly old stuff, uh, and uh, for instance, I'm expecting something very interesting in Seoul, which is why I'm going there uh, two weeks from now to see what the hotel does there, um, because sometimes they do weird things like use PCs. As access points and things like that. They use what? Um, PCs or Macs as access points. And, uh, excuse yeah. me, they do what? Whoa, 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 wait, wait. 
Well, again, that's something that we have to explore. This uh, this is was a note taken by uh, by Jim, who was there three years ago, and he was like, "Wow, they're using some some weird stuff. Let's go have a look at if it's still the way it was three years ago. If have if they have changed that." If completely Jim is listening right now, Jim uh, is one of the yeah. nicest persons I ever met. He was so incredible nice, and he was a uh, he he is the knock lead, huh? He's a leader of, of your team, team lead, yeah. the team lead. And uh, Jim has been so incredibly nice to me. And uh, yeah, he, 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 he invited me, he invited me to, to your, um, to your uh, appreciation dinner. Yeah. Your, yeah. Yeah. Dinner. The knock. I was, I was part of the knock appreciation dinner and it was so nice you were appreciated i was appreciated <laughs> and uh, it, it it was a little bit confusing because um uh, we the dinner was in a uh, restaurant called the austrian right austria <laughs> nee, the austria, austria genau. yes uh, the austria or austria and um you you organized that right yeah i was asked to You were Jim, Jim knew it. Jim knew it, and it was it's one of the one of the very nice schnitzel places in Berlin. Yeah, and it was and, so uh, people just want to have schnitzel. And, and it was so yeah, yeah they they, they love Austrian it. schnitzel in Berlin. It was yeah, like, and it was what? uh really I didn't I didn't know about that dinner, and uh, there were some sentences in the knock where someone told you to call Austria, and you said okay, I'll call Austria, <laughs> and it was uh, and you were like what. Uh, we're taking we're taking a flight to Vienna. <laughs> we're, we're taking over Austria now. Okay. <laughs> uh, yeah. Okay. That uh, anyway. sm small anecdote. Okay. Um, so as a side as as like always, as um, a on the on the uh, access points. Um, how on on a on a scala from from one to ten uh how good or bad was the network at the um itf 96 in in the overall network um the the cables uh the the amount of access points the, how the the access was the whole yes, compared to what from one to ten this is ten this, is good this, This is now I can't I, I can't, can't say it okay. that easy. It's not it's not that easy. Besides, um, uh, the hotel guys were very helpful, and they're not gonna publicly discuss their their flaws of their network. No, that, that that's wasn't, just not that fair. Wasn't my attention. Um, that wasn't my attention. Yeah, you, yeah. But Berlin, Berlin was actually fine. Um, so. uh, we had uh, we had weird ones. Um, lately in other places again those those things are not always built the same which is part of what makes my job particularly interesting because i'm i'm the responsible knock guy that organizes the whole interconnection so stuff going in and out of our network both both the internet coming in and also our network going out into the hotel that's part of my mm. or that's my main job okay and um, we encounter the different totally different types of hotels different sizes too so the biggest one i've done was uh the one in honolulu uh three thousand rooms three thousand guest rooms Boah. and they had um because uh, they have multiple towers it's an entire village okay. it's the hilton hawaiian village in in honolulu and uh, they have i don't know three four five towers 
um, uh, full guest rooms uh, plus additional buildings on the side here and there and pools and whatnot. And uh, they had uh, different types of equipment there too. So um, because if you look at hotels that are just not built in the past two years, these things grow. So you have a single building and it's the same in Berlin in the, in the, in the Interconti. Interconti. Mm -hmm. So there is multiple buildings that belong to the hotel built at different times and renovated at different times. Because if it's, it's a hotel and you don't want to shut down the entire hotel, you renovate block by block. So if you have different buildings, yeah. you shut down only one building, you renovate that. And then you have to wait for a little while to have the dust settle literally. So you can move people into the new building. And then you clear out the old building, and which also takes a little while, little while. And then you renovate that. And by the time you do that, uh, the other renovation is already two, three, four years past. So there is newer equipment available, or you put in newer fibers and so on. So this is usually what I find in hotels that are not just a single building, is that you have mm. a zoo, a zoo of equipment and different types of cables and fibers and things that are hanging around there. Hmm. Um, and then you have some things, um, uh, not all the hotels operate their infrastructure themselves. Yeah. Many of yeah, them yeah, yeah. Uh, have service providers which do it for them, which could be either a large telco, so it could be Swisscom, could be Deutsche Telekom, somebody else in Europe um, uh, that do that for them. Um, or Telia in, in the Nordic countries, mm -hmm. uh, very, very often you see that. Sometimes you have uh, hotels which belong to huge chain and they have uh, uh, instructions coming from headquarters on how to build their network. And sometimes they're also maintained from there. We've seen the weirdest things. I don't know, what was the weirdest one? Where I had a hotel in in London where the uh, where all the network was managed by a company which didn't manage it itself. It has uh, uh, outsourced that to somebody else and they have outsourced it. And in the end, uh, we ended up uh, talking to people in Romania to con configure access points in the hotel in London. Oh shit! So <clears throat> this is um, this is sometimes very very weird, and sometimes you have uh, hotels where the hotel technicians are both technically fit and politically strong enough that they say, okay, you know, we want to do it ourselves. We don't want to have some stupid telco doing it for us. Mm. We want to do it ourselves. We will do it the right way. <clears throat> so that happens too. So it's different all the time. And um, what I can say is that. Once we get past the surprise moment for them that we're going to say, yeah, we're going to invade your network and you, we ask you to configure all your stuff the way we want it. Um, <clears throat> but they figure out that we're very friendly people and we explain everything. So it's not like top down. We just give instructions and they do, uh, they do what we ask them. So that we explain things that we explain our, our, our architecture and then we tell them why we're doing things and why parameters are maybe wrong in our opinion and so on. They get very friendly very fast. So over the years, I've established very good relationships with with the hotel guys. And every time we return to hotels where we've been before, like Berlin, we've been there three years ago. <clears throat> um, it's uh, it's always kind of cool to work with them again. And they have no problems at all uh, accommodating us. And sometimes if they belong to a chain, so we do a number of things in Hilton hotels. Yeah. Um, then you already uh, know how, whom, whom to, to, to ask for connection to the local. Yeah, hotel. They, they talk to each other. Yeah. We, or we can, we can refer them. So if we go to some new Hilton, we can say, yeah, here's the, here's the hotels that we've been into from your chain. 
Um, you can ask in Buenos Aires, you can ask in Honolulu, you can ask mm. in London, um, how, how work with us was. And they do. And they find out, hey, it's actually kind of cool that to have us there because they learn a lot. In fact, it happens. Yeah, they that, learn a lot. Um, I think, I think that's the point, no? They, they, they learn a lot and they like to. If you have a cool, if you yes. have cool, um, um, persons uh, sitting there for, 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 um, uh, at the admin, job at that whole hell or or the responsible person um i think i think that's that's quite a thing huh? to to just to have so oh yeah so uh su such can, an, such an event there i can there, remember no? honolulu again that's a very big one three thousand guest rooms yeah. really really big and they have a whole it department and uh like on day two um, which is not even the meeting day two because we're there a week before the meeting that, that we start building things, yeah. but we haven't gotten to that. Anyway, so <laughs> on day two that we were on site, uh, the, the, uh, um, the, uh, the boss of the, of the IT group there, uh, he sent us one of his guys. He was asking very politely, like, it's kind of cool what you guys do. Can I give you one of my guys so he can be a help and he could see how you do things and learn things? Mm -hmm. And he just put one of his side, one of his guys aside to just work with us in the knock to see how we're doing cool. things. And, uh, which was also kind of cool for us because that's easy. We had our, our permanent IT guy from the hotel with that's us, cool. which, uh, who that's had cool. keys to all the rooms and everything. Yeah. So it was, gave us easier access. And for them, he, uh, it gave, gave a huge, huge, let's say we increased their learning curve in a number of things because mm. they, they only did things that, uh, they were told by, by the company who did the installation in the first place, but they didn't know how to do nice, or easy things uh, in addition to what they've been told. So they had just a very simple training on the system and we expanded that greatly for them. And that's a, that was kind of that was a very nice interaction and sometimes uh even even long after the meeting we have interactions with the hotel guys who ask us things or they say ah oh, you found this and that problem when you were here but we have fixed it now we put a new cable thanks to your uh, do your measurement, whatever, because mm. uh, everything that we use, we measure. It's not like that. We just blindly plug things into whatever cable they give us. So we first figure out if it's, it's, if it's a functioning cable. And <clears throat> we also do lots of documentations. And sometimes the hotels don't have that because, uh, it happens that, uh, you do the documentations? Hotel... Yeah. Sometimes it happens. The hotel was previously, or the building was previously owned by a different hotel company and they had some stuff installed by some telco or some service provider. And then the whole political situation changed and then they took over the stuff and canceled the contract with the other provider and got in a new one and whatever. And sometimes, uh, or somewhere on this, on this course, uh, they lost, they lost documentation we or they never had one in the first the place. Definitely. <laughs> like, so with, uh, they, they know, yes, there is a connection between this room and that room, but, but they don't know how. I don't know which one it is on the, on the, on and the panel. And they don't know yeah, how, like, and they don't know what, what kind of cable or fiber or whatever it is. Yes. Yeah. Well, there's sometimes they know that's a fiber. Okay. Fibers are sometimes easy. You could, you could even eyeball them in certain uh, uh, yeah. circumstances. But for instance, <clears throat> there's one thing where I just use a simple telephone cable and we get to that in a, in a minute. Um, and uh, telephone installations in hotels that have been there for 20, 30, 40 years are a fucking mess. <laughs> you have these giant walls of, of uh, uh, 
no, not switch panels, but uh, where in in the main main distribution facility where all the telephone cables come in, where the where the PBX used to be, there's thousands and thousands of cables coming in, and sometimes they don't even know where each one goes. They they know for the still existing telephones, they know that, but there there's tons of tons of connections there. Uh, uh, where they have no idea where they go, where they went. Before we and, come to uh, before we come to that, we, I, we find those and we document those. I okay, okay. Not all of them for the entire hotel, but we find a number of things that they didn't even know that they had, uh, and then uh, they they get back, uh, uh, or we happily provide them with our documentation so they they can compare that to their notes and they actually discover rediscover their own network sometimes. <laughs> Coming back to the actual timeline, um, yeah. if I may. So after the site qualification, again, there's a couple of years passing by where nothing really much happens. Then before the meeting, about three months before the meeting that was for Berlin, that was in May, mid-May, um, <clears throat> which was actually not three months. That was only two months. Interesting. Anyway, um, so... Um, high uh, high confidence. <laughs> yeah, uh, we, get to the, we get to the place again. Then we check if things still are the way they're supposed to be. I mean... I do live in and around Berlin, so it was easy for me to get to the place even before the site survey mm -hmm. um, and have a look at things. And um, so at that time, we just basically uh, look again, verify our, our notes from a couple of years before to to the current state of things. And then we do actual planning. So the, that team is a little bit bigger. Um, we bring more people to, to actually uh, uh, like not not plug cables yet but figure out how we would plug cables where we where we were to put access points uh where we get we also have a wired network too so there's uh not everything is wireless so we figure out locations on where we're going to put switches and where we're going to interconnect with other people so we're going to drop a switch for the media guys to uh, to do their recordings on and all these things and This is uh, much more thorough at that point. And Are you already then then uh, connecting your your equipment with the hotel network, or is it just not with the hotel? But at that point, at that point, we we clarify it how we would connect it. How you how you and we connect we connect one thing with the hotel. Yeah. Um, we bring we bring a little thing that I have introduced a couple of years ago, which is called the Scout. A Scout is is a router. Is mm -hmm. a small lightweight router which travels with either Jim or myself to the site survey, and uh, at that point we already plug that in into the into the uh, into their machine room, the what we call the MDF, the main distribution facility. Um, main distribution where we, uh, facility. Okay. It's like the room, like I said, where in former times all the telephone lines came together and where all the external lines are coming in. Um, is it mostly um, um, mostly in the um, was ist denn Keller? basement? Yeah, basement in the basement or yeah. first floor of the basement. building, okay. yeah, usually. And um, it's their their machine room, so to speak, or their computer. Mm. Um, uh, yeah, and at that point we we dropped the Scout router, which again is small small router but very capable. Um, we we plugged that into the we asked the hotel to provide us with normal internet from their from whatever internet they have there. And the Scout router then just opens uh, VPN tunnels, um, one back to Europe and one to the US, so how do, we can how get do you to do it from the outside. How do you do that with the router if uh, if it's uh, in in such a network with a uh, captive portal or something? 
Um, we asked the, the, all the, all those captive portals, they have some, some facility in there that you can tell the IT guys, uh, this is my device. And they either, they, most of the time they use the MAC address. Yeah. So we give them the MAC address of the scout Let router. It out. And then they, <laughs> and then they, they open the captive portal from, from their side. Yeah. 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 Okay. Or sometimes they even have sub networks in their network where they don't have a capsule for yeah, it's just for mm. their own IT or whatever. So we just need some internet that could be a DSL line of the, of the groundkeeper <laughs> or whatever. I don't care. So it's, it's no, we don't use much bandwidth on it. It's just for us that the scout router can talk to the outside opening VPN tunnels, which then again allows us to lock back into the scout router from the outside. And, and 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 it's and it's What's there. What's it doing there? Yeah, mm -hmm. what it's doing there. We get uh, in order to support our, our user group, we bring in our own internet into the building. Even if the hotel has good connectivity, which only few hotels have, but some have that now. Some of them have gigabit internet by now, um, <clears throat> which usually doesn't show to the customer because they have a fucking portal there, which limits users again to three megabits per second or something. Ding, ding, okay, anyway, ding. but let's yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, so yes, yeah, uh, most of the hotels in developed countries these days have quite decent internet connectivity into the, into the building. Yeah, I mean the but, um, problem. Uh, the, the, mm, uh, we bring our own with, with uh, without without uh, doing a discussion about captive portals. But um, uh, of course, the problem uh, the, the hotels uh, have the problem that they don't want to be IISP. So there's that, and then sometimes they they have this this cool new provider which provides some gigabit internet, and then they plug it into their whole in their into their portal hardware, which sometimes only supports 100 megabit and stuff like that. So I've seen oh. that as well. Oh, yeah, that also, these things also happen. So it's kind of kind of weird. Anyway, okay, but we're not using we're not using the hotel's internet infrastructure. We're not usually you're not bringing touching. your own internet. We bring in our own. That means that we get external circuits that are coming in into the hotel. In I can give you Berlin again as an example. So we had uh, two circuits, two two gigabit, two one gigabit circuits from Deutsche Telekom, and we had a dark fiber uh, to one of the local internet exchanges in Berlin. And how I does that, that work? That's that's for me. Um, uh, still a dark fiber. No, and a dark fiber. I know what the dark fiber is, but um, how do you get? So, so you had gigabit connection to the hotel. For example, if you have if you have a gigabit connection to the hotel, then um, then you have somehow you have to have somehow. No, a no, hop. no, hold on, no. don't 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 confuse things. So, yeah, so the scout just again, we're using normal hotel connectivity for the scout to be able to That's log the in scout, and out. Yeah. We don't we don't use. We don't use their gigabit or whatever connection they have. It could That's be somehow very small, a VDSL or something. Whatever they have, we don't care. We just need some stupid slow internet that because that's only for us to lock into the scout. Yeah. Okay. So because we're um, we we're bringing our own uh, our own connectivity, which means that we don't personally run. I don't run fibers into the hotel. There is some local telco or some local providers which get the circuits into the hotel and then they lead to ISPs in in near uh, in the same city or in the same country. That we then get service from, uh, for the, for the, uh, for the actual, for the, uh, using our address space and everything, but for the actual meeting. Mm -hmm. Anyway, so, um, this is, this is a process which takes a long time and usually, um, it is, uh, there, it involves a lot of testing. 
But we can't be on site for every time a telco guy marches in and says, Hey, I have this new fiber here. And oh, damn, I forgot my, my tool. I have to come back two weeks from now. And uh, so we come back and back and back to the hotel. This is why we bring the scout. The scout is there. Uh, and this is why it opens the VPN connection to the outside. So I can, uh, it's usually me that I log in into the scout router from, from back home. So after the site visit, I return home. And then every time a telco shows up and says, hey, I'm delivering the circuit now, uh, we tell the hotel guys, everything that comes in that we order, please plug it into the Scout. It has lots of ports and uh, we label them and we tell the hotel guys during the site visit when we install the Scout, okay, we're expecting this and this and this telco to show up. And when they come, please plug the cable that they give you into this port. So I basically, <laughs> I use the hotel I, I hotel guy as... as uh, as my remote hands on the phone. Um, and I log into the router. And then with that, I, I do all the logical configuration with the ISP on the phone. So for instance, um, it's probably better, better, better illustrates that when we did Buenos Aires, mm-hmm. we, which was again, was uh, early April. Um, we had dropped the scout mid January there. Jim was there doing the site survey. And he installed the scout and instructed the IT guys. And uh, uh, he introduced me on the phone. So, okay, this is Clements. He sits in Germany. He maintains this box. And every time one of the telcos show up uh, with their circuits, uh, please plug them in and call Clements. Are they impressed? And I think they are impressed. <laughs> it's not that impressive, but it's very useful but, to do it that way. Yeah, but um, somehow, somehow it is. Um, because because that's, a, that's a very smart way to do that. I really think yeah, so. Yeah, then 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 that was me on the phone uh with with the ISPs uh in in Buenos Aires saying yeah. okay, now we have the circuit, can we just bring up uh, next layers? Can we can you give me IP addresses that I can configure and then we then we ping the circuit to see if if the circuit itself works mm-hmm. and then we bring up BGP uh the border gateway protocol that we use for peering because we bring our own address space so we don't we don't ever use addresses from the local ISPs. We have our own address space both in V6 and V4 that we that we take with us to every meeting <clears throat> and that needs to be connected to the rest of the internet. And you do that through uh through BGP peering. The process is called BGP peering. And uh, I do that with the ISPs over the phone. Of course we prepare all that in email everything. Mm-hmm. But then again There's tons of things that you need to configure, and um, often we have complaints, certain complaints uh, to the to the ISPs uh, uh, f- that they are missing part of the internet, uh, that we can't see that, uh, that sometimes we have things that have to do with geolocation. The routing which means is that we have to. Yeah. So it's it's very useful to have the connectivity that we had that we're going to have for the meeting. Long before the actual meeting starts. So the Scout, what kind of router is that? It's an Edge Router Pro. It's a Ubiquiti Edge Router Pro. Edge. Very cheap thing. Costs in Europe costs like 350 or 370 euros. It's a one height unit, 19 inch uh, router with eight ports, uh, two of which you could use with uh, SFP. So with the uh, with uh, f- we have fiber connectivity directly into the router. If you so, won't need so many ports, you can use an Edge Router Lite for that the first scout this is the second generation the first scout was a light but then again remember we do bgp peering here which yeah. means that um 
Oh, that's actually something for a different episode of this podcast. <laughs> BGP, anyway, did, um, BGP <clears throat> definitely is an M so. Um, I, I'm so willing to do the episode uh, about BGP because I don't know anything about um, uh, about BGP. Well, we have to talk about routing first. Anyway, <laughs> the thing is, if you have multiple ISPs, and we have multiple ISPs, can we have at least two? Because we want to have a redundant, uh, redundant connectivity. If one um, fails, you have another. If one fails, we have another. And sometimes it happens... It rarely happens, but it happens that for whatever political reason or technical reason, you can't see the entire internet through one ISP. There is one anecdote that I can share without putting too much blame on them. But for instance, like I said, in Berlin, we have both Deutsche Telekom mm -hmm. as provider as well as others. And there are some small parts of the internet, some very odds part, like for instance, um, The V6 address space of the Indonesian Air Force. <laughs> I can't see that through Deutsche Telekom. Due to some technical glitch or whatever. How do you know that you can't, <laughs> yeah. that, that you don't see the... V6 address space of the Indonesian Air Force? Yeah. <clears throat> there are testing tools which do that for us. It's not, it's not like we're sitting, sitting there and pinging ourselves <laughs> through the internet. Looking for the Indonesian Air Force. No, no, no. But... Uh, <laughs> Okay, this again, there's, there, there can be tons of reasons why that happens. But uh, as the ITF is an international group, so there might as well be people there who come from the Indonesian Air Force. We don't, didn't have them in Berlin, but they, they could have been there. And uh, then they would go like, why can't we talk to our own home network? And then would, that would involve us talking to telecom and through multiple international providers Excuse to get that problem me, solved. Please. You're not, and so, you're, you don't have tools who are, uh, which are, which are um, testing the address space of every single f address part. What the hell? No, no. Okay. No, but... They test, they test a, a vast amount, and then we use write probes. I've heard you've recently learned oh, about write probes. Yes. probes. My write probe is down, so, and I don't have any idea why, but it is in Germany, and I can't okay. check on it. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, so we use those as well. And uh, there's also a, a write atlas probe always travels with the scout. Um, so wherever it goes, the right probe goes. And once we have the scout connected to the outside world, then we use the Atlas probe as well. Anyway, so is it for, a, is for, it a public, for, for multiple reasons, is it a it's a good thing. Probe? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. You, I, you, I can find out the number. If you you like. can tell me afterwards. Yeah. Actually, it sits in my car right outside. Oh. Go look. Anyway. <laughs> um, <clears throat> so, um, the, um, the, the idea is that we have the scout there. Yeah. Long before the meeting that we can, Uh, it, sometimes it takes, uh, takes circuits a long time to come in because usually, or uh, not usually, but sometimes the circ, the company which provides the circuit, the local loop, uh, the fiber, yeah, the yeah, last, yeah. the, la the, 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 uh, the famous last mile. That was is my not, question. It's not, it's not the same company yeah. which provides IP connectivity over. Yep. Uh, which happened, for instance, in Buenos Aires, multiple times in Buenos Aires, which also happened in Berlin. Um, so, um, for some of the circuits, the Deutsche Telekom brought in their service on their own circuits, but, uh, uh, the, the EKIX circuit, um, was not, uh, was, EKIX doesn't have circuits. They, we, 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 we there could. was a different company providing the dark fiber than the company providing connectivity over it. Okay. We can, we can just, um, say, say, uh, something about Deutsche Telekom. They did a very good job. 
Oh, they did a very good job. Sometimes you think like big tackles, they're just, because all the, all the people at home who had problems with their big telco, it could, you could be Deutsche Telekom, could be Telia in Sweden, could be, uh, British yeah, Telecom are, in the UK, so. whatever. There's always the big, everybody has, has had their own story, uh, and the problem with their hotlines and things. We're talking at a totally different level here. Um, this is not like a consumer line. It's not a DSL line that we get in there. This, uh, this, uh, this is a peering circuit. So this is done, um, though maybe not, uh, um, commercially, but technically we're seen as peers. We're seen as equals. Mm -hmm. Um, so this is, uh, this is a totally different thing than the normal circuit that you have at And home. to be honest, and it would be a bad idea to do not. Yeah. I mean, this is, we, we, <laughs> it we is the internet engineering to, task force. So yes. Yeah. And so, so I talked directly to the, to the telecom knock to their core, to their backbone knock when there are things or when we bring up the circuits. So when there's, when we plug things in, I say, I do some basic tests and then I give them a call saying, then we bring it up, see, okay, V6 works. Uh, okay. V4 works. Let's bring up BGP peering, bring up BGP peering on V6, bring up BGP peering on V4. Uh, test things, blah, blah, blah. And there's lots of interactions with them. And this is not just, I don't, I'm not calling the normal user hotline and no. talking to their phone robots nope. and things. No, no, no. I just, nope. I just call the yeah. person on the other side, That's directly right sitting way. at the terminal. He's hacking around directly on the router. Yeah. And it's a very, <clears throat> it's a very, um, I mean, they sponsor the links. Dodge Telecom was sponsoring the links. Um, But still, on the technical side, so that's the commercial part. But uh, on the technical side, they see us as equals. They also call us. They they saw something that we did <clears throat> in our network, and they they called me. Said, "Okay, uh, there's something odd here. Can you look at that?" And uh, this is this is very friendly, very cooperative. Mm -hmm. Also, there, there's no there's no like uh, you're you're a dumb customer, and they never dare to ask me if I had uh, tried to turn on and off my equipment uh, and stuff like that. <laughs> have you have <laughs> you plugged it in? It off. <laughs> on, on again? Oh my! No, no, God. this yeah. is. No, this is this is really, and Deutsche Telekom does does a very good job. Did you tell? Okay, that that's perhaps should I set a marker? Uh, did you tell uh, them what you find in the oh, yeah. room oh, yeah, actually, next to your to the knock? I'm not sure if I uh, I can. No, different different unit. Yeah, yeah, I know, I know. Completely I know. different unit inside Deutsche Telekom. Um, I know. Uh, I told so them. By the way. <laughs> yeah, you see that in so many places. Um, yeah, okay, anyway, anyway. So, um, yeah. not, not go into details here. Uh, probably not all listeners are interested in those. Maybe they are, but they're not going to tell. Anyway, uh, so yeah, that, that works I very nicely. But again, marker, again to give, give you an idea why it's a good thing, why it's a good thing with uh, to have the scout there. Uh, again, we had two circuits from Deutsche Telekom. Um, one of which, uh, uh, when they, when they, Delivered both at the same time, one of which didn't work right away. Okay. Which was not, it was a technical problem on the, on the line and they hadn't touched it for several years. And so somebody came in a couple of days later and fixed the second circuit. And then um, we still had a problem that we couldn't fully bring up the BGP pairing on one of the two circuits. Okay. It was due to some, it was some, some administrative well, oversight. How, how uh, about, about what bandwidth are we talking for one Giga circuit? Gigabit. Two time one gigabit. Yeah. Okay. Full duplex. So there's no there's no asymmetry there. Yeah. Full, uh, yeah. Of course. Uplink, up downlink, both yeah. one gig. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. And so um, 
we could theoretically also have done 10 gig, but that would have been more complicated. We were reuse, reusing circuits, uh, not only circuits, but also equipment that Deutsche Telekom already had in the hotel mm -hmm. from previous meetings. So they actually, except for the time where they had to fix that one circuit that was broken, they actually wouldn't have had to come. They could just return those things back on that we were using three years ago. Mm, okay. Um, anyway, so one of the two circuits, uh, we couldn't bring up BGP for, um, for very good reason, let's say, but they, uh, that reason wasn't known by the time we had ordered the circuits. Mm -hmm. Okay. So, uh, if, if, if it would have happened right before the meeting, so if they would have brought in the circuits only like a couple of days before the meeting, that would have been, that would have caused some panic there and we would have to escalate things. But now since the scout was already there in May, uh, I could easily tell them, yeah, okay, if he can only bring up in June, I don't care. The meeting is not until July. Uh, you can take whatever time you need to do that. So this is, again, that's the, that's the beauty of having the scout there instead of, instead of having a person sitting there, uh, uh, taking over the circuits and then figuring out, oh, I can't use them. I have to come back next week or I have to come back in four weeks mm -hmm. to test them again, mm -hmm. whatever. So, um, this is uh, the good thing about the scout. Okay. Now the scout, this was Berlin. It was, I could have gone there easily for me but again imagine buenos aires buenos aires is pretty far away from berlin i can tell you mm -hmm. it's a f almost 14 hour flight it's the longest one that lufthansa has on the roster so 14 so hours is it's it's it's, 14 hours. it's more than where i am seriously it's longest it's the longest one the one from 14 hours. buenos aires is the longest one on lufthansa's roster of flights of flights that they offer worldwide Mm -hmm. Anyway, so the scout having the scout down there in Buenos Aires was was really good because uh, we had uh, we had a very large ISP there providing us uh, was a very large global ISP and we had a very small one a very small local one and uh, the local guys were very very friendly I mean all of them were very friendly but the local guys were extremely helpful and friendly and very generous in providing us the circuit but um they they were not as experienced let's say as the big guys mm -hmm. okay. so it it took a little bit longer uh to bring up the bgp sessions and everything with them but again with the scout was no problem it was there like months before the actual meeting so i could say okay uh we s uh, tested this and this and there are some problems here and there and they say oh yeah but uh yeah tomorrow's a holiday can we get back to you uh like next week so no no problem so it's a very easy very casual way of dealing also with the providers that we give them enough time to provide the service the right way and and that everything is nice it's okay um, the whole BGP thing, I have to add something you asked about why, uh, if we can't use a, a actual light. In theory, we could. It's a, it's a, it's a function of math here with regards to memory. Um, if you use more than one ISP, um, and you want to do it the right way, you put yourself in something that's called the default free zone, which means that you have to know, uh, if you have mod, like, Two circuits. You have to know if I want to route to a certain destination, do I route out the left circuit or out of the right circuit? Okay. They are not. They are not equal. That's why you choose them from different providers. Uh, some of the routes don't. Very few routes don't work on on both of them. And uh, there's also different in in terms of quality or path lengths. As, as, uh, to give you to give you an idea, to give you an idea, to go from Berlin to Asian sites, mm, yeah, through the normal internet. Most of the paths, if not all, go through North America. So you route from Berlin to Frankfurt or Amsterdam, 
and then or through the UK and then you route to the US East Coast and sometimes along the US East Coast then you go through central central US and you go to the US West Coast and then from the US West Coast you go uh the traffic goes through a trans trans Pacific cable uh, into maybe uh, Korea or, t- or Tokyo time. China and then you get to you get to the actual place oh my goodness. that you want to go to yeah, okay. <clears throat> Which is, if you look at the globe, it's just kind of like, yeah, that's okay. That may that, work. That's not the shortest still, way. <laughs> it's, it's not the shortest way. So, um, some providers, they have cables, not very, there's actually very few, but some providers have actual cables that go from Europe to Asia. There is, there is actually a new cable, uh, that we're all waiting for to get active this year within the next couple of weeks or months. The CMEV1, uh, CMEV5 is a cable that starts, I, starts in the Mediterranean. No, it's, I think it's even starts in the UK, goes along the, uh, the, uh, west coast of Europe in, in the Atlantic through, uh, through the Straits of Gibraltar. Mm-hmm. Then it goes, there's also points, uh, in Marseille, which is where most of continental Europe would put in their, their data. I think in Marseille. In Marseille. And then it splits. Seriously? Yeah, it splits. It splits, uh, it goes, goes around Egypt. Um, uh, two different paths, uh, rejoins in a Red Sea and then goes, uh, goes down, uh, uh, through the Indian Ocean with various taps into India and things. And then I think the next major hop there is Singapore. And then from there, from there, I think it even continues on beyond Singapore. This is, it's still a long path. Yeah, it's certainly still much shorter path. than going across the Atlantic. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, okay. And then across the Pacific. Around, around the, and, uh, around uh, half of the, uh, of the ball and then uh, getting there, even if you could take a yep. shorter way. Yeah. Okay. Awesome. Some people are still experimenting with uh, landline circuits, uh, that are, uh, uh, laid down along the path of the, um, uh, Siberian, uh, railroads. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, seriously? Uh, yes. railroads. Oh, they have fibers along this. Yeah, yeah. The Russians have fibers there. Um, <laughs> and, oh, sorry. Uh, I shouldn't laugh and, about that. But this, this is, uh, people are experimenting with that. <laughs> it is, uh, the problem is with, with very long landlines, the, they're always very prone because they're so long and they, they're staying on the ground, on solid ground is they're, they're very prone to interruptions. Like, you know, derailing trains, uh, whatever, people digging around in the dirt and what's this or Don't people stealing me. cable yeah. and I, all that. Mm-hmm. So anyway, mm-hmm. so it's certainly a shorter path and it's easier to repair than sea cables, but sea cables, they, they, for thousands of kilometers, they can go uninterrupted except for a couple of sharks that <laughs> occasionally try to take a bite out of them. Um, <clears throat> but, um, do they? They used to. That, that's one Seriously? of the fascinating things about, yeah, about Why? cables is one of, haha. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Sorry. Now we get a little, little side anecdote has nothing, nothing to do with ITF meetings. But anyway, okay. Sorry. This but, is, but this is one of, fighting? one of the well, one of the well guarded secrets are not, se- are trade secrets of companies which put, uh, put undersea cables, uh, uh, in, into, into the oceans is they have to know how to feed the amplifiers. Many of them contain, uh, contain uh, amplifiers in the cable because you can't just have a single piece of glass for 7,000 kilometers and yep. expect it to pass much light. Yep. So um, the, uh, there's there's active, let's just say there's active components in the cable that are part of the cable which need power. 
<clears throat> in or okay, if you feed power into the cable, you have to run aside uh, uh, next to the actual fiber. You have to run uh, copper or whatever uh, 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 electrical current carrying uh, uh, and they strands. They by the power. Yes, because sharks, uh, many shark species hunt their hunt their prey by detecting uh, the the nerve impulses of their oh, prey. Oh shit! And they are attracted and, by the power. And they are attracted Damn, by the power and that and runs they through, bite through the, the cables. Because <laughs> they think it's prey. Yeah. And uh, so it it took some it took many many years and lots of uh, lots of working with biologists and things to work out how to feed power into a cable. Which without does not look yeah. without attracting the sharks. Oh damn it! <clears throat> okay. The interesting thing is also you have to know that most sharks, uh, the way they're built is they can't let go. Yeah, Once I know. They lock I know, onto I know. something. They can't just reopen their mouth and let go. And so they either starve to death, or if they really chew on a cable long enough, at some point they actually reach the power. At which oh. point they also break the cable. And then they get electrocuted by the power or whatever. So it happened a lot of time. Then when the first sea cables were laid down, that they were, that they broke down a couple of weeks or months after they were put down. And then when the, uh, then the repair crews came and pulled the cables up, they pulled the cables up and had a large shark hanging off of it. <clears throat> a large dead shark hanging off of it. Oh, fuck. Okay. <laughs> anyway, where, uh, where? we're digressing again. How did Coming back to that. that. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Default free zone. So if you have, if you have multiple ISPs, you want to, you want to make good selections of, of where, where you want to put, uh, where you want to put which traffic. So if you, if you're addressing a certain site on the internet, the web, give it to ISP A or ISP B. And, um, in order to do that correctly, it's, it's kind of an art on its own. And it's something that I, I really like because when all, all the work is done and all, things always work if you just plug them in. You just put a lot of effort in to make it work nicely. So uh, I could either just go with the usual path through North America into Asia and just live with 330, 350, 400 milliseconds ping time between Europe and there. Mm. Or I can just uh, work work around these things. And this is just one example. So this is like when, when all things are done and I have time on my hands, then I, I love to do this tuning to make sure that we have not only service that we have, but that we have good service. Anyway, in order to be able to do that, you have to have um, presentations of the internet from both ISPs. So all I, this is where the BGP protocol comes. Yeah, sounds sounds great. Yeah, I just came up with it. Um, <laughs> so basically, what happens through that BGP protocol? Yeah. Both an ISP tells you, okay, this is how I see the internet. So this is. These are all the networks that I see on the internet. And, uh, this is, this is my path to them. And the, it's not only that they say, okay, I know a way to there, but they also describe the way between you, me and my, me as a customer in that case, uh, or themselves and the destination on the internet. In order for them to do that, they have to know the entire internet. They have to know each and every network. They don't have to know each and every IP address, but every network. So they know um, have on where they have to route um, their 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 packets yeah. to um, to reach everyone. And right them. now, let's give you since we're since we can do that because I have one of the scouts in place right now. I can actually. Uh, can we do? Uh, will you show something we can put on the show notes? 
Well, let's just uh, say. Um, or, or, or I, can, I can tell. I can tell you which can, how, how how many routes I'm seeing right now. Okay. Or you can. Or so. you can tell. Or you can tell how you how you um, figure out if everything's. Upper, uh, that's, uh, the, I, I started this sentence the wrong way because <laughs> since since I just logged into this to to one of the scouts, um, right now I'm the... seeing thirty one thousand three hundred ninety nine networks on the V six side. So how many? Let's say thirty one thousand four uh, thirty one thousand four hundred networks. Sounds right. That's on and and this this varies because all the time new networks come, others go. Um, so it's like well, it's thirty one three nine seven. If I do that again, it's thirty one three nine nine. So this this number varies and it grows. On the V four side, mm -hmm. how many? Let's see. Um, I see six hundred thirteen thousand four hundred seventy six <laughs> networks right now. Um, <clears throat> um, and I see those from multiple ISPs. So every ISP is giving me roughly the same number of networks. Uh, but again, with different views. So, uh, Deutsche Telekom might say, yeah, I can get to, uh, some, somebody in Singapore, but my path leads through the US and leads through this and this and this provider in the US or in Canada or whatever. Whereas other, other ISPs, like for instance, one of the other ISPs, which gave us, uh, uh things in Berlin, uh, Hurricane Electric, they have their own circuit, uh, from, uh, from, On one of the cables from, let's say, to, to Singapore. Is his guide, uh, your scout right now in, in uh, Seoul or is it in Oregon? No. No, this one is in Berlin still. Ah, sorry. You, you I left, that. I left one there because we have, we haven't, we haven't gone through the entire timeline again yet. So there's really quite things <laughs> sometimes left behind. Oh, uh, we, 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 we support that it is a short, short, um, uh, episode, but it won't be. I see. Apparently not. No. Anyway, so, um, That, that just said that, uh, I get, I get the same, I get the same network list, but with different paths to them, mm -hmm. uh, from all the ISPs. And, uh, just, just to come now finally back to the question that you asked why I can't use the light, uh, HR light. <clears throat> I probably could, but then again, I, this whole process uses a lot of memory. So I can't. Oh, you, you are able to, 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 to close, <laughs> to close that, um, that, Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, the bracket because so uh, because on the V6 side is easy. Okay. The whole the whole V6 stuff I can run multiple times on the on the light because uh, right now the process that I'm using only uses kind of uh, 19 megabytes in the in the router engine and then maybe about the same amount in the FIP. So let's just say 30, 40 megabytes. So okay, what But is the difference on, on the V4 side? On the memory on the V4 on, side on the memory side, what what's the difference between the um because that that I can't use my edge through the light. Um, well, we can, we can't. We can just we can't can't just plug in an arbitrary amount of ISPs into your edge router light. That um, was the so original question. Yeah. <laughs> for the whole for the whole V4 side, um, I'm I'm actually the the router engine that I use there, which is Bird for the interesting people, is uses 115 megabytes, which is not that not that bad. And Edge Router Lite has a gig of memory. Mm -hmm. uh, the pro that we have as a scout has two gigs of memory. Mm -hmm. So uh, I have plenty of space for doing stuff like that and maintaining a huge number of tables. Sometimes I duplicate them and filter and blah, blah. So I need quite some memory for the stuff that I use it with ITF. But if you just want to have a full routing table, just for kicks, I can feed you that into your Edge Router Lite. 
Wow. Just one. But then you still see the entire internet. Yeah, that's uh, uh, interesting. I'm afraid, about, anyway. uh, I'm, a, I'm afraid of my edge ruler light. No, uh, I'm doing this with the natural light. Because in Oregon, where the where the stuff lives when it comes home, yeah, um, uh, I have I have something that simulates the ISP environment of our next meeting, mm -hmm. uh, and that's an natural light. How do you simulate that? Oh, so, oh, oh, that's <laughs> <laughs> it's gonna be a long meeting. Yeah, long, yeah, long and, podcast. yeah. Okay, um, okay, no, okay. What okay. I do is what I do is um. Actually, actually, it simulates two meetings. Simulates the previous meeting and it simulates the next. Wow! What? So the thing, the <laughs> thing in in Portland, the thing. Okay, you have to understand. Um, the the NUC team is a set of volunteers. We live all across the planet. Yep. Which is kind of interesting when we do our biweekly conferences yep. and telephone conferences yep. and things, because it's always kind of hard to somebody has to has to has to bite the dust by either getting up very early or staying up very late. Um, anyway, um, so the, um, uh, the people in Portland, they are our service provider that handle the shipping and things. They are not, um, they, they could, they have the, they have the credentials and they could in theory configure router and things, but this is what, what the volunteers do. So I, what I've provided there is kind of like a permanent scout there in Portland. Mm -hmm. And that system there, um, it's right now it simulates, uh, the Berlin meeting. And as soon as we get data for the Seoul meeting, uh, we, we gonna generate, uh, uh, circuits that look like the ones that we're expecting in Seoul. So when the equipment now comes back from Berlin and is unpacked by the people there in the warehouse, they can just plug things back in, uh, the same way that they were unplugged here in Berlin. And when the equipment comes back up, it's, it thinks, oh, I'm still in Berlin. Kind of cool. Oh, there's, there's the two circuits from Deutsche Telekom and there's the EKIX link. Oh, okay. So there's my internet. Cool. La, 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 fine. And, uh, <clears throat> then we can lock into it again from all over the world and change it over and say, okay, all right. Now we're changing things. We're adding a new circuit from, for, for Korea and then taking away one of the telecom circuits for that. And we, then we're adding a new circuit for Korea and we're taking away one of the Berlin, Berlin circuits. While it's still there in, in Portland. And when they, the idea is that when they, when they bring it down again, when the shippers pack things up and yeah. send it, send it on a boat or on a plane, it's um, ready. uh, to Seoul, that it's ready when we unplug, uh, when we unpack it, that we can plug it in, uh, right into, into the, ready. uh, systems. And we know exactly how, how Seoul will look like because we're going to have a scout there for a couple of months that, uh, we have already configured and running. So we know all the parameters. All the BGP stuff is done. The tuning's done. Geolocation is a big problem for us because we're using the same address space all over the all over the planet. Yeah. yeah. And um, if we would if we wouldn't do anything about it, and uh, uh, just bring up the same address space that we used in Berlin now in Seoul in November, then people would just bring up Google would see a German German Google site. <laughs> Because Google will still think, "Hey, I know this address. Uh, this is in Berlin." I and had some, I had some special things, uh, some special happenings in Google while I was at the ITF meeting. But I won't ask you. <laughs> I won't ask you about how they fixed it, because I think that's not appropriate. <laughs> well. I think uh, the good I, thing about about being ITF is we're we're um we're a neutral thing. We're not one of Google competitors. We're a, we're a very benevolent organization. We're we're there for the good of Google. And in fact, there are many people from Google 
that come to the meeting. In fact, we also have uh, uh, Google employees as part of the NUC team. So this is what we do. We just call them. <laughs> we just say, hey, <laughs> um, um, we have moved again, or we will move this time. We're Like I said, we're smart. We put the scout there. Uh, so we have something down there so we can test things. And then we give them a call. Say, okay, our address space is now moving. Can you please not only use uh, the language settings, everything uh, appropriate for Korea, but also can you please uh, give us the nearest data center? Because mm -hmm. uh, all the big, all the big providers, not only Google but also Facebook and blah, blah, blah they all have data centers across the world, um, so that they don't have to, for instance, they don't have to serve German users out of the U.S. or German users out of Korea or whatever. Mm -hmm. So they they'd like to serve uh, users uh, from the are. nearest possible. Yeah from the nearest possible data center that they have. And uh, since we're moving around with our network, we have to constantly adjust it or tell them to adjust it for us. So this is also the reason why we're going to have the, the whole Scout thing there in the first place. There's tons of other things that we can talk about the Scout. But um, just just to give you a general idea what it's there and why we use it. Uh, this is part of this site survey. Mm -hmm. So next thing up, coming back up to the whole timeline thing. So I... site survey is done. We now finally get to the meeting. So at some point, we finally arrive for the meeting, which is usually <clears throat> about a week before the actual meeting starts. Just a week. <coughs> Excuse me. Um, so the meeting, the actual meeting usually starts um, on a Sunday with the introductory, uh, introductory session for, for newbies. There is, as yeah, far as I, I know, there I is not, no, real, yeah. no real working group, something going on on Sunday. But in recent recent meetings, they have established something, uh, hackathons that go on before the actual meeting. They sometimes start Friday before the meeting or even Thursday Thursday evening with an intro. And then they start Friday or they work through the, work through the weekend, Friday, Saturday, Sunday mm -hmm. on hackathons before the actual meeting. And um, yeah, and there is also things that happen after the meeting. There are sub-meetings that have to happen the meeting after the meeting um so, so you um, want here on the the whole thing um but but um keep, let me keep just let me just give you give you the timeline for berlin so that you have an idea on how this yeah. looked yeah. in berlin we started setting up so i arrived at the hotel i think it was in july 11th or 12th and the actual meeting started on the 17th Or then the Monday, the actual the working group started Monday 18th. So about a week before the actual meeting, um, we arrive on site. I am usually among the first on site mm -hmm. um, because of the things that I do, like taking care of the scout and the out-of-band network and stuff like that. Um, um, and also because I like to be there early uh If it's far away, I'd like to overcome my jet like before I sit in front of a terminal <laughs> type commands into routers and things. So um, I really I, 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 I figured out that it's a mess if you if you tell that you will link something in the show notes. But um, the, <laughs> at this time, I really have to link a tweet of Jariako who uh, had a very nice tweet uh, from from inside the NOC. He's the chairman of the ITF. Yeah, he's the chairman of the ITF, and um, he had a very nice tweet uh, from from within the um, the NOC, um, <laughs> which which uh, showed um, uh, your 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 screen, 
the the screen the screen of the the TV screen you had for for your measuring for the monitoring for the monitoring, the monitoring. things, and uh, he had a very nice joke about the um the 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 picture right left of your monitor, <laughs> um, uh, but this Pope dressed. Um, okay, I, nah, I just think so, it was a very funny tweet. I, I link that. It was a tall joke now, and that's not. Um, the The thing is that uh, the hotel rooms are usually they have names. There are sometimes locations or arbitrary names. And yep. In in Berlin, there were there were just uh, chess figures or chess names, and the knock was in the room. Check exclamation mark. Ah. And so the all the pictures you saw were were like photos of. Not chess figurines, but people dressed as chess figurines. That okay. Explains that. <laughs> I didn't know that. Okay. So uh, anyway, confused, so yeah. we're we're there about a week before the thing, and the team again. We're coming from all different places on the world, and we're volunteers, so that uh, not everybody can come at the same time. Like I said, usually I'm one of the first to be on site and uh, most of the people drop in like the Tuesday or the Wednesday before the actual meeting. Mm -hmm. um, since my my work with getting external in is fundamental to the others, it makes sense that I'm there before the rest, or not the rest, but most of the team. Because the monitoring guys and the media guys can only do monitoring and media on a network once there is a network. Yeah, and yeah, so yeah, yeah. it's important to build the core network first, and then we can add the different other layers onto it. Um, <clears throat> this time in Seoul is actually going to be very interesting. I'm, I'm be very interested to see the travel plans of all the others because we have many people from the US and the time by which they would usually arrive is election day. So that's November 8th this year. Um, it's the first Tuesday after the first Monday in November. So that's why it's the 8th and not the first. Oh, <clears throat> okay. They, oh, okay. Usually it's the first Tuesday in November. But uh, since first uh, uh, of November is the f is the first Tuesday, um, it's uh, uh, you have to look deeper into the rule book, and then you find okay, it's the first Tuesday after the first Monday in November. <laughs> anyway, so it's the eighth. So we uh, most of the U.S. team is supposed to arrive on election day, but I guess some of them would rather like cast the vote if they hadn't done. Hopefully, um, <clears throat> hopefully they do. Yeah, hopefully, hopefully I they actually, do. I implored them in Berlin when we all left and when we all parted. I say, you guys, did? very good. <clears throat> yeah, yeah. I, I, you, you guys are gonna vote. Uh, if you want to come on the eighth, you have to do uh, uh, through uh, through mail, uh, through the mail or whatever. And uh, there's actually quite a number of people coming from Oregon, and they said, okay, in Oregon, it's you, it's the usual way to vote that you go through uh, you go through mail. Um, <clears throat> yeah, but. Um, Yeah, all the others have said you gonna come vote. Uh, uh, you you gonna go vote first, and then you hop on a plane. Please go I'll, vote I'll, I'll be first. I'll be very angry with you the same. Um, anyway, so um, uh, when when I arrive and I'm inside, uh, sometimes I take in the shipment because then there is some shipper knocking on the door, of a hotel saying, "Hey, I have." 26, 27 crates here and one and a half ton of shit. So where <laughs> where should I put this? And uh, somebody has to look at it and sign for it. Uh, and again, if I'm the first, I, I take care of that. If I'm not, somebody else does. But 
Um, okay. And then, um, then I built something that I've done in recent meetings, but is done very successful. Then I built the out of band network. I built a network aside from the normal network. Mm -hmm. um, I already have a scout in the basement, which is has very good connectivity because it's been sitting there for a couple of weeks or months with the external connectivity, well-tuned BGP connections and everything. So it has perfect connectivity, but it sits in the basement and the NUC is usually not in the basement. Um, and so what I do is um, I use one of the old telephone circuits. Almost every hotel, um, like pretty much every hotel, still has telephone circuits and mm -hmm. they all lead back to the same room where the scout's sitting to the MDF. Mm -hmm. So what I do is I bring my own VDSL modems. I have tiny little uh, VDSL modems. Okay. Um, uh, practically the same stuff that you have, um, that you have at home for a DSL circuit. Okay. You have cable, but, um, <laughs> other, <laughs> other people who have DSL, it's, it's pretty much the same thing. Um, it was the same technology there. It's just that I'm also I'm bringing both sides. So I'm not only bringing the Fritzbox side, um, so the the customer router side, but also or the CPE side, the customer premises equipment. Uh, but I also bring the CO side, and and then I use uh, a, a telephone circuit in uh, of the hotel, which sometimes I have to find out out of a couple of hundreds or thousands, um, find the right one, mm -hmm. and I have my tools to do that. Um, it's not nothing special about it, but um, there are tools that help you do that. Mm -hmm. And um, um, then I use that to bring up uh, 100 megabits of the total of whatever n gigabits that I have in the basement. I bring up 100 megabits through old telephone circuits into the NOC. And this is to to do multiple things. Um, um, a, when we have people showing up, like I said, they also have other lives. So they, they have to use the internet to deal with things at their home company or university, whatever. Um, and also, uh, sometimes people show up that, uh, that are doing things that they can't do at the time that the network's just built. So they, that makes sense that to give them a connectivity to do things as well. <clears throat> and also, um, you, even though we configure, mo we try to configure most of it. While the system is still, the whole setup is still in, in Oregon, um, we have to do things when we plug things in. And usually in formal times, you'd all have to go down to the basement with the laptops and uh, sit next to the, in a, a very loud computer room, um, sometimes with cooling, which is, or sometimes too cool, too hot, too noisy, whatever. It's not, an MDF is usually not a pleasant place to mm. be in for mm. a longer time. Mm. And uh, so we use this out-of-band thing, which has nothing to do with hotel fibers or has nothing to do with the normal switches or APs or whatever that we use. It has its own circuit. It uses only telephone circuit, uses the VDSL modems, brings its own AP, its own wireless access point. So we have uh, internet access and access to our equipment in the basement uh, from the NUC uh, while still building the network. Yeah, oh, okay, that's the max solution. Because usually, yeah. usually, um, um, if, if it's a bigger, if it's a bigger venue, then there's no direct circuit between the MDF, so where all the stuff is, and the room where the knock is. Yeah. It goes through multiple, multiple places in the hotel where it needs to be patched or we, where we have to drop switches and things. So to get the official normal connectivity from our network into the knock could actually take quite some time because we have to build up a third or two thirds of the network before we finally reach the knock mm -hmm. with the official fiber connectivity. Uh, so okay. where we have the 10 gig going down and everything, all that. 
So, but uh, um, but it's uh, 100 megabits is still good enough. It's cool, cool stuff. So 100 megabits allows you to browse the internet, to even Much watch movies if you wanted to, if you're bored. Of whatever. course, it is enough. <laughs> and um, it's certainly enough to to lock into routers and switches and things to configure things while they're still being built. So this is uh, this is a nice thing, and uh, this is this also comes. The equipment also already comes with the scout. So this is the traveling stuff that travels beside the twenty seven crates mm. uh, of all the other shit. That's just a small traveling case which either travels with Jim or me uh, to the sites. And um, so this is the first thing that I built, and then um, I wait for things to for dust to settle because I know my external circuits are in there. Usually I take the time to talk to the people in the hotel again and how we do the handover and maybe do some testing. Sometimes um, if they can do that with their equipment, we already uh, bring up uh, the the guest room network, the guest room wireless network, but we don't announce it. You may know that, that you can have yep. SSIDs on a wireless network that, that you don't see when you, don't you see have them. your they iPhone searching. They are hidden. If you know they're there, you, that they are there, you can access them. But yeah, but you uh, have to know you how they are called, and you have to type them in. So uh, they're they're. You have to type them in. You have to uh, you have to know uh, encryption parameters if there are any. Yeah. There are none for our network, but you have to know these things. But uh, this is this is stuff that I usually do while while the others, which is the, the switching group and the wireless group and the people from Verilon, which do a physical uh, rollout. They actually start deploying switches uh, all across the hotel and into the meeting rooms and the ballrooms and things while they roll out the big physical network for their stuff. Uh, I do things like that, and then I sit back. And in the meantime, since we're also bringing as part of the me uh, part of the part of the equipment, uh, we bring a couple of servers. There is actually three physical servers which run two handful of virtual machines. On them, um, uh, this which is used by the media guys. Just FYI for the listeners, um, we have a couple of kilometers between us. Uh, Annalena is sitting right now in San Francisco. And yes, I'm in so. in the middle of nowhere in northern Brandenburg in Germany. But um, at, the time at the time we record yeah, this, yeah, that, that's true. But uh, I have to I have to interrupt again because uh, you mentioned something in the in the, in the side sentence uh, just uh, a couple of minutes ago. Where you uh, said something about how do we do the handover? We're talking about handover within uh, a Wi-Fi network, right? No, 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 no. The handover is like there's there's the hotel's equipment and ours. Ah, that their okay. switches. Okay, that there's and at some point we have to come out. They have to either either I give them a cable and ask them to plug it into their stuff. Or um, they give me a cable and I plug it into my stuff and we have to talk. Ah, it's a very delicate thing. It's a very delicate thing yes, where we have to be is. careful not to, that they don't disturb our network and we don't disturb theirs. Um, and uh, so, um, and that also involves some testing before plugging in and blah, blah, blah. Okay. Because okay, sometimes, sometimes you negotiate mm -hmm. parameters with them and then, They don't. They don't hold up. They either configure the wrong port or they configure it wrongly. Or whatever. So there is there is lots of testing involved there, and uh, I do that. That's also the reason why we keep the the guest room wireless hidden for a while. Mm -hmm. Okay. Until we're actually expecting attendees to be on site, which is usually Friday before the meeting, 
Friday noon before the meeting is our is our is our handover time is our our <laughs> not our handover. It's the time that we declare usually declare the network ready. It's by that time we the say Friday hey, all before. the people that are here. The Friday before, because there's the hackathon people who want connectivity as well, so it must be ready for them. Um, and uh, the first the first people arrive because again it could be on the other side of the world for them too, and they'd like to arrive maybe a day or two earlier in order to overcome their mm -hmm. jet lag before they go into an important meeting. So um, that's why we uh, as of Friday noon before the meeting. The head, uh, so uh, two and a half days before the meeting, we we handed we handed over to the users and say, okay, this is it. Please enjoy. Use more bandwidth. Network is, uh, <laughs> use more bandwidth. That's uh, something you twittered, right? Use more bandwidth. It's an old joke. That's uh, something that the guys from CCC also use all the time. They even did it uh, last week at the EMF camp. Uh, in, in the UK, where they say, use, use more bandwidth. Yeah. It's an, it's, it's a meme by now. And you usually say, use more with M-O-A-R. Use more bandwidth. Okay. More. Use more of it. We have plenty. We have we plenty. So use much it. Internet. Use it. Yeah, that's also this thing. We have multiple gigabit circuits. We could have easily done in Berlin, we could have easily done, uh, 10 gig circuits too. Um, uh, Little bit of effort on the telecom side, but for the dark again, the dark fiber. We had a dark fiber. It's the like dark fiber dark, is not the problem, I think. <laughs> dark fiber. We put on this. We put on the optics on both ends ourselves. So it's not. It's not a question of what how how fast the link is. The fast is just a dark piece of fiber, it was eight and a half kilometers long, and uh, uh, we just have. A That's piece not of long. On That's side. eight and a half long. kilometers is nothing. No, we could do that with the equipment, the normal equipment that we have. We can e easily do 40, uh, with a bit of squeezing 60. And if we were to invest into better optics, we could do a hundred too. But so, um, but even with the stuff that we have, we could do 40. But when I, when, when my, my memory is right, then, uh, we had, um, a dark fiber from the Congress to Russia. From the Congress to Russia? Yeah. Which Congress? Uh, the last Congress. No. Uh, no. No, Seriously? it's very unlikely. Unlikely. It's very unlikely that you have that you have dark dark fibers that long. Uh, I, uh, I'm sorry. Okay, somehow somehow I'm uh, per, per, perhaps I'm um, I missed it. But um, okay. Again, we could have another episode about that, or some. You could have an episode with, uh, for instance, with with, with Kai. Uh, uh, oh, from, from yeah. Um, uh, and Frapp. he could he could tell you <laughs> Fraps. Uh, and Frapps. so. Um, You could, uh, uh, he could tell you all about getting those circuits or getting wave wavelengths. Uh, I, I, for instance, they had, a, they had, they had, uh, they had, uh, wavelength, uh, service from, uh, from, the, from the camp. I should do that. From the camp I to, really should do um, to, uh, uh, back to Berlin. Yeah, but, um, the, the, the problem is, uh, Fraps, um, I, we met sometimes, but I'm not sure if, uh, if, if he knows who, I am. <laughs> well, I don't can think be so. Fixed. Okay. Anyway, so um, yeah, but this one, this one inside inside a city, it's usually it's just dark, 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 dark piece of very water. very thin, very thin, nine micrometers, but uh, dark. Seriously, it's I, it's it's they're it's not very thin. Single mode, single mode fiber. They are very very yeah, single mode fiber. Thin. But but okay, I didn't know that the nine nine millions of a meter. Oh, yeah, that's the um, micro, nine, yeah, micrometer, nine micrometers, yeah. Okay. Um, 
it's thinner. Usually people compare that to women's hair. I don't know why they choose women's hair. It's <laughs> certainly much, much thinner than, than uh, the hair of a woman, of a human woman. Um, anyway, but it's dark. And it's, uh, I, usually, I usually joke with it when I get those circuits that I say, okay, if I pull on that, on that cable and I pull hard enough, then a, a wreck topples over on the other side of the city. Mm-hmm. Um, but you can you can imagine it like that. Of course, there are connections inside inside the city in some some dark holes where they run the fibers. Um, but basically, it's it's a single it's when it's spliced together, so it's melted melt it's multiple pieces of glass, and it really is glass. You think, oh, it's so flexible, it can't be glass, it will break. No, it is really glass. Mm. Um, if you um, if you have multiple multiple fractions of of this of these things and you can melt them together a process called splicing mm-hmm. where you uh, where you heat up both both ends uh, uh, and then you bring them together and they when the when the glass uh, solidifies again mm-hmm. then you have a single single it's kind of a single piece of glass and so basically so when it's done and it's all spliced together maybe they have some connectors in there as well but usually they don't but if uh, if it's if it's all spliced together, then you have uh, a piece of glass that's just eight and a half kilometers long, and then you could put light light on it on one end, and it comes out the other end. Mm-hmm. That's just that way. So um, to give to, anyway to yeah okay and to- just 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 finish the timeline uh, here. So we finally do that at some point we could still ask <laughs> ask tons of questions i, I, I will but ask questions after you finish the timeline because we anyway. disagreed about uh, me uh, less interrupting your timeline no 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 it's good do more interruptions <laughs> i like that um yeah do ask questions please if you have questions please. i have ask. questions i have um, questions um but perhaps first finish the timeline <laughs> okay if you don't forget them, I don't forget. Anyway, um, the um, uh, then finally, so yeah, we do some things, uh, some um, some. That's always a critical, critical thing. We do uh, usually we do that. Like I said, Friday, Friday uh, noon is uh, the, the time where we do, uh, by which we usually declare the network ready if we are ready. But this, so this is our goal. Um, what we do before, usually the night before, is failover testing which means that we built everything redundantly, but it's sometimes you have to figure out if it really works that way. So we send somebody down in the MDF on the phone mm-hmm. or through some out-of-band connection. Sometimes this time we used like uh, something like FaceTime or Skype. I think they Skype down through the hotel wireless. <laughs> so that, that we had that we have connectivity down into the MDF. Okay. Potentially even see people down MDF there. MDF is, is still the main... Distribution the, the facility, thing, the computer, the computer room where all the cables. Yeah, come the main dis- distribution facility. Yeah, yeah. The um, the not so nice room because it's too hot. The not like so nice Buenos room. Aires, it's too cold in other places and, and too, too hot in and too loud and loud, loud, hot and and cold and uh, steamy yeah. and whatnot. It was really not very nice in Buenos Aires. I remember that was really anyway. Um. So anyway. Uh, so we call down there and we have somebody down there and then uh, uh, that who could just pull cables. So we do simple things like uh, just turn off the power of, of one. We have everything everything twice. So all the routers, the normal routers, um, which are Juniper MX80s right now and this just generation and this changing all, all the time. We're gonna, probably going to change something. Juniper is a sponsor. Is that appropriate to say that? Yes. Yeah, sure. 
Yeah. Okay. Juniper. And, uh, by the way, all the all the equipment the, yeah. the that that was that I was talking about, all the network equipment yeah. is sponsored. So um, we have a big grant from Cisco that we got a couple of years ago, yeah. uh, where they gave us uh, tons of switches and access points and wireless LAN controllers, which we've only been using as of this meeting fully. Fairly uh, interesting. Okay, just 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 a, a short a short interruption because um, you have uh, for 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 the audience um, they uh, who who are not um, very very. Um, Yeah, who who don't know the IETF uh, thing? There are a lot of people from Juniper, from uh, Cisco, from um, everything you can imagine uh, as attendees. So, and they have a very yeah. big interest in uh, things going all right on the IETF meetings because uh, that's the place where uh, the standards are are fixed. So. Uh, That's that's a very a very big and, and great part. So they they have a, a very big interest in 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 be yeah uh, visible visible and 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 that they are there. So sure. that uh, Juniper or Cisco are are sponsoring equipment or, or things or being there and and asking for okay uh, did you have any problems with our equipment or something that like that is uh, a normal thing that's uh, completely or, yeah but still completely still, okay it's, uh, so it's a lot of it's a lot of stuff it's a lot of expensive stuff yes the of course the most expensive it is. part the most expensive part is our NUC team member from Cisco Joe My friend Joe is uh, a co co NUC team member. He's he's a cool. employee, and they give him they give him uh, the time, and they they put down the travel expense for him to come to the meetings and be part of the team. Yeah. So this is kind of the one of the biggest sponsorings they that they that the big companies give us that they lend us, really lend us the people. Thought they do it for all members of the NUC team. I thought so because it's something. No. No, no, no. Oh, they don't. It depends. Depends on who uh, we have. Okay, we have NOC team members, which are which are uh, like uh, which. Uh, that's that's are, sensible. Are part it's of part of part of part of the university, yeah. and uh, they have their travel expenses paid by the ISOC. Um, Seriously, uh, okay. And others. Oh yeah, yeah. And then, but the companies, I uh, Joel, as far as I know, the our Cisco guy. Yeah. Uh, he he's, he's cool. He, I mean, he gets time. He gets time off his normal work to work with us two weeks on the on the network, and that he does that three times a year. So it's like for 10 days, or like a total of 30 days. He's he's practically ours. Mm -hmm. Well, he does. He does answer his corporate email while he's sitting in knock and stuff like. So he's not completely gone, and he's sometimes he's off to for phone conference. Yeah, that's a, yeah, But fun. he's with us in the knock at the at the various locations on on different places on the planet. So um, and again, we have uh, people from the university uh, or others from IAJ Internet Initiative of Japan uh, is also traveling a lot of. Uh, uh, A lot, Randy, and he also spends a lot of time with us. And uh, we have bigger, smaller companies, and uh, we have people from Google. Um, NSRC is, is, is a kind of a um, an NGO mm -hmm. uh, takes care of of um, you'd say developing developing um, development work in the whole world. Mm -hmm. Um, also with networks and data and equipment and IT stuff. So they send people and um, 
Yeah, I'm, I'm not gonna through the uh, gonna go through the whole through the whole list of people. No, no, but, of course. Um, um, yeah, and uh, then there's people which are even involved uh, with with things outside the actual meeting. Like I said, uh, some of us are doing site uh, doing site qualifications too, or running a uh, company, so, so to find or running a company, or running a company, um, a fucking company. <laughs> Yeah, I don't know. Do we have a CEO among us? Yes, I, I think so. I think so. No. Alice? I wouldn't know. Alice, yeah, Alice might be. Yeah, right, Alice. Uh, <laughs> that's true. You're true. Yeah, that's, uh, that's right. Um, uh, anyway, so uh, there's different kinds of people from different places, and they all have different, uh, uh, different things to do uh, aside from the meetings. And again, um, I'm... I find it really, really, uh, really good that uh, the bigger companies or the smaller companies set people or give people the time to be part of the team, and they and actively sponsor that by providing travel expenses <clears throat> and or actually giving them giving them time off of their normal work to be with. But the team. that's the the fucking IETF. I'm sorry, it's um, I can understand. IETF. Yeah, I, the fucking cut that. The the fucking IETF. <laughs> uh, uh, perhaps I should beep that because it's. Uh, iTunes. I told I, I told to Apple that uh, there is no. Um, uh, <laughs> um, it's child safe content. Yeah, it's child safe content. Um, you lied to them. Yeah, I lied to them. Um, seriously, I was so impressed by that meeting. That's uh, incredible. So um, I can understand. Yeah, I can hear that. I, yeah, yeah, you you saw that. <laughs> Um, <laughs> you saw that. Um, it's it's a kind of meeting. Um, it's not comparable to to, to anything I I had uh, I participated uh, for, for the last several years. Not even to the Congress. Not not comparable to the Congress. It's 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 complete. Uh, it's a complete a complete another another and way. It has different goals and it has the, different goals it's, and it's, it's very it's very interesting to see. I mean, this is not part of my 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 knock duty, whatever. But sometimes I wander off the knock and I go see go to working groups, and I always find it very very nice to see like uh, <clears throat> people, for instance, from from Google and from Apple sitting in the same working group working together on new standards. Yeah, why not? That That's the place to be there. That's the place yeah. to do things. That's the place yeah. where you can you where you, where you can argue about things and 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 do things and bring and, and bring and bring it forward. So that's yeah. that's incredible. That was the most. It was incredible for me. It was incredible, and uh, you 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 know that I'm uh, that I met listeners of our of of, of the podcast. Yeah, yeah, I heard. And not only one, um, but two, and. Uh, The other one was uh, was uh, also a first attendee, and told me that um, uh, he he came he came over to me when I sat in the lobby and uh, said, "Okay, I'm um, I'm just sitting here and want to say thank you for the podcast." <laughs> I was like, "Okay, hi." <laughs> so, and and he told me that um, he as a first attendee uh, was sitting there in the lobby uh, on the, uh, the 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 same place where where we sat at that time um and was asked over um f from 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 other people much older than he was um to sit down with him because he was sitting there or sit, sit down with them because he was sitting there alone and they asked him you can't have that he asked <laughs> they asked him over 
And he was like, oh my God, they made me. <laughs> It's me. Uh, okay, hi. And uh, then he was totally, totally impressed by whom he was asked over. I won't name someone now, but it's... Uh, you, you tell me afterwards. Yeah, I'll tell you afterwards. But incredible that the, the same thing happened to me. So they ask you yep. over if you sit there because you're sitting there alone and they are in a group and then, okay, that's not okay that you're sitting there alone. So nope. perhaps you don't have, um, uh, hmm? perhaps you don't, have perhaps you're new, perhaps, you, perhaps need, you're new. you need to be introduced. To yes. And yep. they do. And uh, the problem is because and then the other thing is if um, I was sitting there in meetings or in sessions And um, the same thing, what is Twitter for uh, the Congress <laughs> is a Java, the Java, um, the Java chat for, for, for the session in, uh, at IITF meetings. At the Java session for the IITF meetings, everyone, um, if you know who is just there at the microphone for, for questions or something, um, they, they put it in the Java and um, in the Java chat. And you see, okay, That's the guy who is talking just right now at the macro. And um, for me, it was very, very helpful that I could Google <laughs> the guy who is standing. Who's that person? Yeah, who's that person? And every time I did that, it was a, <coughs> oh my goodness. <laughs> oh shit. Oh shit. That guy is just right now talking Thanks. to, yeah. That was yeah. very impressive. It was so impressive. And um, okay, I'm fangirling all around. I was... <laughs> it, <clears throat> ITF, yeah, like, I, like I, I said, it's a very, very open, very, very welcoming community. It is a very... Um, um, okay, now we're totally off the topic again. Sorry for that. Um, <laughs> yeah, a little, little bit of fangirl is fine. Just, yeah, it's a, just, just go ahead. Just a, just a little bit fangirling. Um The question was asked um, at the how plenary, how how plenary, plenary. Um, the plenary for everyone listening in. Plenary is where the whole IETF, everyone on site gets together. Uh, there's even people remotely participating through our network through the media group. They they all the sessions are everyone are, can are, remotely are participate. Just to say that uh, live, yeah, you can. Everybody can participate. Not only people that are on site. But also people can remote, uh, remotely participate. Mm -hmm. And the plenary is where like everyone comes together. So uh, all the people who are remotely watching are usually watching the plenary and all the people that are on site are coming to that, to that one big meeting. So that's the thing where the ATF handles things that are, uh, important to everyone, not just certain working group yep. things, but organizational everyone. and, uh, for, for the meeting and, uh, everything. And the, the question was asked. ITF in general. Yeah. ITF in general. ISOC in general. Some, uh, everything in general, somehow, because they are all, um, mixed together at that time. So, so it's, it seemed to me, um, and the question was asked was, uh, how, how many, how many female uh, attendees Uh, they were at the meeting, but um, the problem is I don't have any idea how many attendees were there. Do you know that? Uh, In uh, official stats, yeah. Um, on Do you know the ATF webpage, okay. Berlin was pretty big. I think we had fourteen, more than fourteen hundred people. Fourteen hundred people, seriously. More. Okay, I thought I thought it's smaller. It it. 
appeared smaller. So there? Yeah, yeah, I'm still here. Okay. Maybe maybe not uh, not everybody was at the plenary, but the plenary yeah, was but, designed but, to be that way. Yeah. But this is this is this is why we need this is some some unique thing of the ITF. We need both big rooms so we can have the plenary with the uh, 12, 14, 1500 mm -hmm. people sometimes. Mm -hmm. As well as small rooms where we have the working groups, which is considered out of six people. And this is kind of a challenge to find the venues that uh, can accommodate both combinations in the necessary numbers. Uh, plus holding all the people in either in the same hotel or in a hotel nearby across the street or something. So this is, that's not what, that's why we can't go anywhere. Yeah. Uh, that's yeah. also yeah, why the. Well, the team that I mentioned at the beginning, the 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 site qualification team uh, that has to pick out locations before we even go there, they figure out like how many rooms do we have and uh, can we uh, can we come uh, and see them and uh, can we rearrange things and blah 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 before we actually go there and, and look at yeah, things. Yeah, but what 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 I wanted to say was um, uh, the question was asked how many female attendees they had uh, on that meeting mm -hmm. and it was about uh, around 10%, I think 10, 10%. Okay. Um, Maybe, yeah. And um, we, we had a discussion about that. Uh, I had a discussion with one of uh, the members of the NOC team. Um, why is that? Because I don't understand it because it's, I, I as a female. Does it feel too low or too high for you? Too, too low. Some, some, okay. yeah, it feels so low because when, when I first, first, uh, was it an attendee at the, um, case communication congress and, uh, it was the 29th congress and the first in Hamburg. And, um, there we were at perhaps 10%. Now we're at 25%, 20, 20, 25% at the case communication congress. And the question is why? Because, um, my first impression um, at the ITV meeting was a very, very, very good one. Sorry to say that it was incredible. Uh, it's okay. it's not it's not only it's not only about okay. I had I had of course I had some some um, yeah some some home base because of you and you introduced me to 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 many people and they were really really nice and of course everything was fine, but. Um, it has uh, a more inclusive character than some parts of the Congress had at that time when there were 10%. And I'm not sure, uh, 29th Congress. Um, okay, I think that might be discussible here, <laughs> what I'm saying now. But um, I, I, can't, I can't say much to that because I, I don't... I don't I know, of course, I know some or quite a number of the attendees by now, but uh, especially once they come come to each and every meeting. But <clears throat> the I can't tell you about the sociographics of of these of these things because they they asked for they, they it was a, it was a question at the it mic was asked. yeah yeah okay. it, it was it was a question how many female attendees. It was a question. Yeah, I know, but yeah. uh, there's there's still no explanation why it's only ten percent. Now we could talk about that uh, off the record. <laughs> okay. <laughs> because uh, maybe, uh, I, like I told you, uh, I had a discussion about that. But um, as an attendee, for me, it was so... You felt welcome. I felt so welcome. I felt completely... Um, 
Inclused. So, uh, in, included. Included, sorry, included. <laughs> it was so including for me to be there. And, um, that those things, like I, I described before, that you sit there alone and, uh, you were asked to join the group just because you're sitting there. So that, that is, that feels so different for me. And I had a lot of, uh, nerd come together and you you even missed half the meeting you missed for instance something that I, that I really would have liked you to send you to there is there is things and huh, interesting enough on the other podcast you were wondering what boff stand for EOF. <laughs> i know i know now <laughs> it's a birds of a feather session yeah it comes, but I, comes from the english saying birds of a feather stick together Or stay together. That's that's that means... the, where that where it comes from. I didn't figure out till now. Okay, now you explain it to me. Mm -hmm. Anyway, birds of a feather session, and there is there are some buffs. For instance, I re I'm really sure that you would have liked. Uh, for instance, there is the Scotch buff. <laughs> that happens happens at night, and there is people people bring Scotch from all over the world. And it's buff. How? The buff. Isn't it? They just they use a very <laughs> usually they use a, the nicest meeting room there is or or the hotel lounge or yeah. something like that. On Buenos Aires, we had <clears throat> they gave us an executive suite for that with the with the balcony and pool and stuff and things. Oh and people shit! Just coming there and brought yeah <clears throat> and brought uh, brought scotch from all over the world and so they do scotch tasting there in a scotch buff, but that you for in order to. To experience that, you have to be there. You have to. Yeah, have you can't to. just arrive on Wednesday and then. And on Tuesday um, evening to be. No, precisely. Yeah. Um, I actually, I, I didn't go to the one here in Berlin, uh, but uh, I, I don't know which day it was. Oh, but usually it was there so is, nice. There are things like that. No, but, <clears> but, but, but they, yeah, I, I was, I was asked, I was asked that there was a, there was a woman in, in, in the elevator. And he, she asked me, um, okay, she, she saw my badge that I'm a first attendee and, uh, asked me to come over to the, to their, to their, uh, what is it called? The sister's lunch or something. Um, the women in the tech thing. And, uh, she just, uh -huh. yeah, but, but I couldn't make it because of, uh, appointments I had. Um, so, but that was so nice. It, it they, they all were so nice. I don't know. I, I, Really, I, I was completely overwhelmed. I get it. They were nice. They were nice. Everyone was very nice. Okay. So perhaps just, we can. That just means that I that I yeah I I I I told them before that uh, there would be somebody somebody new coming in. Yeah, and the normal person. The normal person. <laughs> He an outsider, uh, and I told them, please behave. There's a, a very then, nice normal person coming in and. I behave. don't think that they they did. They, yeah, That's but now I, like I don't don't do they, did they have to behave? I don't think so. They were, no, no, they they are nice. That's fine. They are nice. He introduced me. Clemens introduced me as, look, there's a normal person, and everyone's oh, okay, there's a normal person. Um, yeah, that's uh, that's somehow an insider. But um, yeah, okay. Uh, I anyway, all uh, just yeah. You Back have to the topic now, officially. I okay. <laughs> That's just fine. Okay. Um. Back to right. the text. So, 
So we have, at some point, we have the meeting rolling, and at that point, the boring part begins. Not necessarily for everyone, because we have monitoring groups, so we try out new monitoring techniques, we try to improve the network, we plan for the next one, we plan for changes. Usually, usually it's totally forbidden. Uh, it's a rule that we set for ourselves to actually change the network while we have users on it. Mm -hmm. So during the actual meeting, and since we're also providing service to, to the hotel, to the guest rooms, there's only minimal things that we change or add to it. Um, it so happened that because of the physical setup with the dark fiber, we were able to get additional internet uplinks through that, uh, through that dark fiber. Cause, uh, with that's, that's something. Um, that's a little bit special. Um, <clears throat> I have to um, describe that. Uh, let's, let's do that after that, after that section. Anyway, so, um, <laughs> during, during the actual meeting, uh, we're not doing, uh, not doing much. Uh, some, that gives me sometimes a little bit of time to explore the, the city that we're in and, uh, to meet with people, go to working groups and, uh, like I said, uh, prepare for the next one or do some homework from, back home could you could you describe and what what we see on the screen on the monitoring screen what what you what you what are you doing there ah uh, yeah we have oh we have different different monitoring tools um uh we have a thing um a tool which is up most of the time on a screen so we have we have a big screen in the knock usually it's either run through a projector onto a projection onto a projected onto a wall or in Berlin, we had a, a giant, a big ass TV, which was hanging in the room anyway. <laughs> so we used that. Um, <clears throat> and the things that we, that we saw mostly on the screen were, uh, output from a tool, uh, which is done by our Japanese friends from the Japanese part of the knock team. Mm -hmm. Uh, it's called dead person. Actually, they called it dead men. And then somebody came around and said, okay, but we can't have it called dead men, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> um, and so I don't know. It's, so it's called dead person. And basically what yeah, it it's does just is person, it's, person in the middle, like, um, um, uh, replaced man in the middle. Simply the same, the same thing. Yeah. 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 Anyway, so what it does is it constantly pings. Uh, various sites that we give it uh, inside. Uh, it pings all the equipment inside the network. Um, on uh, and also, um, so it pings all all our access points, all of our switches, all the routers and things, all of our servers inside our own network, and it also pings a a huge amount of of sites outside, both in V6 and on V4. And it keeps history uh, of that. Um, and the thing is, the interesting part is it's made up so that you can just glance at the screen. And usually things have to be green on the screen. If there's something that is not green on a screen or even red, that that calls your attention. So that you look at the screen and say, okay, there is something going on there. And then you look at it closely and you start investigating. But The thing is, we'd really like to make it in a way that it can run on a screen and people just occasionally glance at it. This is why it also keeps history for a couple of, couple of minutes. Uh, so you can look at it, see, oh, there was something red a minute ago. And, uh, what was that? And then so we can start investigating. Um, so yeah, that person does that. Then we have normal tools. Smoke ping we use as well is also one of the, uh, one of the monitoring tools. Um, 
which also pings sites and uh, also notices uh, changes in in behavior, uh, even small changes. So if you ping a site and usually get a response within two milliseconds or for instance, our connectivity in Berlin was was very good. So mm. we could ping Google, for instance, in about uh, 400 microseconds. I saw which that. Which is less than a millisecond. I saw that. Um, um, then, and some, okay, so you ping Google at usually below a, micro, uh, below a millisecond, and all of a sudden it takes like two milliseconds to ping Google. Yep. And that goes back to get back to what it was before. You could, you notice these things using smoke ping. Um and then we have a system where we use uh, Raspberry Pis. We had actually two two different systems based on Raspberry Pis that we bring out uh, into the conference rooms and in other places of the hotel that act as remote probes so that people from the NUC uh, could do that either manually or in an automated fashion. Um, use those users Raspberry Pis to uh, to have them pretend to be normal users. So they log onto the network, they try to use the network, they try to reach various websites, um, and they record a if they succeed and b in what time they succeed. Could you could you um, remember so me they, to, they, ask, they, to ask two the two questions um, after you finished because I have two minute definitely okay. two yeah. So what else do we have on screen? Um, It's the bees, the the Raspberry Pis, the yeah, that's that's pretty much. And it, these things there, there's different screens that rotate, so uh, you and they're all set up in a way that you don't have to stare at them the whole time. You just look at them, or sometimes it's graphs. Um, and you, we use the the human ability to to detect patterns very easily. Mm -hmm. So if you if you look at at traffic graphs, or for instance, this is stuff that I care for the external links. I I usually know how these how these things look. But but yeah, um, but you I know also that have the depending on time of day and you know breaks and everything. Okay, there is a break now, and that's uh, okay. So that looks I like see more traffic it's here and all that, and um. You very easily recognize this way if you just if you just occasionally glance at those screens that okay this does this doesn't look uh, or this looks unusual to me. I had some There's something I, I, weird I, I about was, it, and then then you go into the details. Yeah. But the details we don't show them on a screen because you can't see them anyway. But I was there. They, they I was there when when um in the middle of the meeting or uh, when it went far uh, far far away from tear down, there was um something where the screen turned red <laughs> on the most of the... Oh, there was a red X on it. Yeah, yeah there was a, a red X on it. And uh, someone, someone in the knock uh, suddenly uh, said with a loud voice, okay, guys, that doesn't supposed to be look like yeah, that. that was me. That is me. That, that was me at that time that you were there. Yeah. Uh, okay. And I, I, yeah, and I, I, I could see, I couldn't see the reason for it, but I could see that there was a problem. There is in the a problem. Network. Now go and on. I, and I called, yeah, and I called the guys from the from the team that take care of the wireless network. Uh, that 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 this this small sub team within the NOC, mm -hmm. uh, who were sitting with their back to the screen. I said, "Hey guys, uh, there is something wrong here. They, would you like to have a look at that?" And yep. they went into, let's say, oh, okay, we have a power loss in that conference room. Yep. So some of the APs went off the air. And uh, at, at one time, I, I, yeah. I was in a conference room and uh, figured out that uh, the internet wasn't 
going so well <laughs> and um i posted uh, some some um some speed test to you and uh, we figured out uh, what the problem was and the problem was the internet wi-fi uh the the, the hotel wi-fi the sorry hotel wi the yeah. hotel the hotel wi that's that's uh, that's mm. uh very very interesting because i was, um it was the biggest the biggest room think so mm -hmm. yeah mm -hmm. and um I sat uh, right uh, in the back because um, there there was no free 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 chair for me to sit. So I uh, stood at the at the back of the room, and um, I uh, put on the Wi-Fi scanner. After you told me that um, there is uh, the problem with the interference of the um, hotel network, and um, you put uh, so now we get into technical details, but. Um, Most of the the access points who were there um, were on the same channel. You had you had a, a channel overlay. On, yeah, on, good stuff on the, from the same on the, the same is, channel. That's But actually that's, the reason why we, why we bring our own access points. At the same time, we 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 ask the hotel to turn off theirs in in the places where we bring our own. Certainly not the guest rooms, but in the conference rooms. Which are exclusively for use by the ITF at that time that we have them. Yeah. Um, we asked the hotel to turn off theirs. The reason basically is, is that, uh, okay, how do I say this without, <laughs> without sounding, sounding too, too bad? Yeah. Uh, the problem is that, um, the companies who do that, they don't do it nicely. They do it. So in a way, so they hang their access points. They uh, it's more like some arbitrary channel. Yeah, they pick some arbitrary channel. They crank up the power because they think the more power, the better the access ah, point works. Okay, okay, it's it's the high. And they they uh, just put this thing and then they sit there while they install it. They're alone in a room, right? They have yeah, their yeah, own room course. by themselves. They install it. They bring it up, bring it up some channels, uh, crank up the power really high. Then they whip out their phones, say, "Okay, can get to Facebook. Everything's cool," and they leave. Yeah, they don't they don't tune the network, and the problem is that um, usually again we ask them to turn it off, and we did this time, but the there was a problem that they had uh, the hotel and the hotel guy that we asked to turn it off. He thought he had turned it off because he was uh, clicking around in his controller and said, "Okay, turn this off." Controller said, "Yep, they're off," but we never bothered to check, which was a mistake. That's one of the things that we learned here uh, in Berlin okay. that we put again on our test that we say, "Okay." Not only we ask them to turn it off, but we also once they say they turn it off, we check it again, which we didn't. And only uh, since you comp you complained about bad performance in that particular room, and I was sitting, I was saw, sitting. Oh, the hotel things are still on. Sorry, it. I was yeah. sitting literally three or four meters away from the next IETF uh, or, or your your uh, access point. I was literally sitting three. Perhaps three meters. But right above your head, right above your head. I didn't see it. Also only three or four meters I where the really hotel access yeah. point and with its power cranked up high, which was just yelling at you all the time on the same channel. Yeah. Uh, and uh, yeah, this, so this, this, this happens. And these things, this is the stuff that we debug during the meeting. I mean, there's some things that you only I find. Have you debugging? Cool. Oh yeah. Thank you. Um, um, there, there are some things that, that you can't test in advance. Yeah, uh, for instance, effects on the network that are caused by having 1400 people with both a phone and a laptop and a pad or whatever. And that was so if really, you have like 3000 really... plus devices on your network, it behaves 
differently than if you're there alone. It was so amazing to see that my that my iPad already uh, still was locked on uh, in another access point a few meters away. Um, and my iPhone was in uh, particular that access point, which was uh, disturbed by the other one. And I had with me, with the iPad, I had a 150 megabyte per second, up and down. Mm-hmm. Uh, while I had uh, with my iPhone, yeah, that, that, that's okay. Not megabyte. Megabyte per second would have meant that we fed more than a gigabit into the megabit. Megabit mm-hmm. per second. Sorry. I, I <laughs> thought I saw, uh, I said that. <laughs> So, uh, okay, it was uh, 150 megabit per second. And um, with the iPhone, I had uh, perhaps one. <laughs> and it was, yeah. and that was uh, so, so disturbing. So um, we had a nice uh, discussion via, via. There's also one thing if we talk about wireless in that meeting. Uh, for, very for very good reasons. For very good reasons. Um, when we deploy our own access points, we don't put them on a ceiling. We put them either at the wall, but not very high, mm-hmm. or what we do in the big rooms, we put them under the chairs of the I of saw the that, yes, indeed. The reason for that is that um, uh, the room behaves differently if it's empty or if you have 1,400 uh, sacks of water. <laughs> the water um, thing, yeah. <clears throat> so um, what we do is you want to have if you're alone in a, in a, in a large meeting room with has like 20 access points, you really don't care. If you're alone in there or if even there is two dozen people in the room, you don't really don't care. You don't care if your phone talks to the next access point or to the one across the hall or whatever. You really, really don't care. But if the room is full, if you have again, 1400 people, each of them bringing their phone and a laptop and a pad and whatever, mm-hmm. then you want to, you want to make sure that not all of them talk to the same access point. Yeah. Because an, a normal access point kit could handle like 70, 80, maybe a hundred users at the same time. Some of them you can, you can squeeze them. But you don't want to have an access so. point uh, handle more users, uh, more than a hundred users. Uh, yeah, the, you don't yeah. want to have an access. This is why in that, in a large room where we, where we have like 1400 people bringing multiple devices, this is why we have like 20, 25 access points in that room so that we can have the ratio of, of 100, uh, maximum of 100, uh, uh, devices per access point. Um, so in order to accomplish that, uh, we have to make sure that there is no overreach of the cells so that the access points are, are not using much power, but they're using less power. So um, um, it only talks to people that are next to it or close to it. Um, there is actually, we could have a completely separate episode about design of these things, but Please, just to give you, because, give, because give you, I'm, give I'm you a just, general ballpark here. I'm just, I'm just so close before asking a question mm-hmm. about you still have two other questions i right? have yeah. three other questions um, now okay um so this um uh, in order to accomplish that uh you have to make sure that you don't have access points overreaching if we hang them on a ceiling uh then it's very easy that your phone might talk to an access point across the whole room on the other side of the room and uh, like I said, we don't want to have that. Um, if we put them under the chairs and the room is empty, it still wouldn't make a difference. You, you we could still talk to an access point on the other side of the room. But if there are uh, sacks of water sitting, human beings mm-hmm. sitting on those chairs, they put up a natural dampening field. 
Um, so the more people are in the room, the smaller the cells that are generated by the access points actually get. And this, uh, this way we accomplish, uh, this setting, which is called a high density wireless network, mm. which means that we have a lot of people, not people, people actually, we don't care. It's, it's the devices. We care about the people in terms of sex of water. So being dampening fields, uh, around the exit point. But, uh, in total, technically we care about the devices. So, um, uh, if you have a high number of devices on a very small, in a very small space, you want to make sure that you uh, distribute them evenly as, po- as evenly as possible over all access, access points in a room. And <clears throat> so in order to accomplish that, we, uh, we tell the hotel usually to turn things off and they thought they had turned it off, but it wasn't turned off. So they, these things were interfering with, with our setup a lot, uh, on some frequencies. And um, yeah, so these are things that we even debug and test during the meeting. And I also had something on my end, uh, my end, again, we're a team. (laughs) It's it's honestly, in the team, if worse comes to worse, everybody could do everything. I'm not the only one touching routers. There's a small router group. There's actually four people who regularly touch the routers and do things. Um, um, And, uh, but everyone on the team is skilled enough to, to do things on them. They usually, everybody has his own field of expertise that are things that you, that you, that you care about most or that, that are your, your responsibility. But, um, everybody in the team could do anything. So e- I could log onto the wireless controller and I could change the wireless configuration. Um, so I have the credentials for that. I have the passwords for that. So as have the wireless people have access to the routers to do things. We you usually just don't do this because the wireless we're there. controller, you know where Mike. Oh yeah. Third oh, yeah. question is, right. but um, um, yeah. Okay. <clears throat> anyway, so that said, um, I found I found a problem in one of the routers, uh, a problem that has to do with big routing tables again, and as very small amount of packet loss, which was hardly able to, which we were hardly able to detect, but we did detect it, and it had to do with the number of people in the meeting space. So of course we investigate those things during the meeting because we can't debug these things without the meeting or without the people. So these are things that that we actually touch during during the uh, during the uh, the active meeting, but usually we don't make major changes. Uh, we plan for changes. For instance, we're now planning to change our addressing scheme for for uh, Seoul, and uh, the arrangement of networks and things and number assignments, blah blah blah. And so we have a lot lot of things that we're going to change, and we're going to do that while the system is in Portland, mm. and we're all not in Portland. So I'm going to change it remotely and test it remotely, and then we try it out in 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 Seoul. But um, yeah, but coming back to the timeline during the meeting, not very many changes happen. By the way, it's incredible to see people thinking in the knock about the future um, changes you will do for the next meeting, because it was so incredible to see someone standing in the middle of the network operation center and thinking just listening him thinking that was incredible for me you know yeah we have thinkers on the team you have thinkers and they uh they 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 are thinking loud they uh, express their thinkings and weird people weird people we are and it's it was I'm fangirling again. Okay, stop me. <laughs> it was incredible. Yes, it was incredible. So now, now I grant you one of your one of your three questions. Yes. 
<laughs> One of my three questions, you uh, you asked me to ask them or you know yeah, what please I go ahead. to ask? Yeah. No, no. Oh, okay, you talked about the controllers. Yes. Yes. You, uh, Wi-Fi controllers. Is it Wi-Fi controllers in, in English? Is it a good thing or is it not? Yeah, Wi-Fi controllers. I'm asking, no, I'm, I'm asking, I'm asking. Controllers. Yeah, you, you, that, I don't, that's, I don't, I don't like to use the, the term Wi-Fi much. It's a VLAN. <laughs> it's a wireless line. It's a wireless line. The reason the reason is Wi-Fi Wi-Fi is, is it, not is it, the same as wireless line. Is it is it uh isn't it um um uh, is it trademark? Wi-Fi is a trademark, right? Is it? It is an it is an industrial consortium. Yeah. So it's not a standardization body, it's an industrial consortium which also make their own standards and they make Uh, additions and addition, oh, uh, additional just, specifications. Just name, and just name the weird standards. No, no, not weird. No, okay, not necessarily. But um, they have they have different objectives. So they have they come from the they also have a, a large part of that is marketing. So that if you're part of the Wi-Fi Alliance, this oh. industry consortium. Oh. Then you have to, you have to do certain things. You have to pay certain monies and blah, blah, okay. blah, and be part of this and that and, uh, support this and that standard. Okay. It's another and, thing. And uh, there are many, so it's a, it's either a super or a subset of what, what, uh, the wireless LAN standard okay. provides. We are in the wireless many, LAN standard. We're using, we're using wireless LAN according to IEEE standards. <laughs> and we don't, we don't put, I, we don't put, there's a number of things like, for instance, WPS, look it up. Wi-Fi protected services. Hmm. Wireless w protected services. WPS. I want to look it up right now, but uh, look it up. Is that, for instance, that's, uh, that's something that we don't touch. It is certainly part of the whole Wi-Fi thing, but it's something that we don't touch. Mm -hmm. Uh, because it's not for us. It's, uh, you know, wireless LAN is used both in home setup where people have their own plastic router, uh, sitting on a DSL line. And if they're lonely, then it's uh, their own, their, their own laptop, maybe their phone that's talking to the network I versus us, which built router. a big network for 1400 people. Yep. That is using similar technology, but certainly not the same technology. Mm -hmm. But you're using, okay, wireless. LAN controllers. Wi-Fi pro uh, wireless protected setup. Wireless protected setup. Okay. Yeah, it's it's a thing where you, where you press a button on your router and then you oh, press that, on your wireless that thing? printer. Oh, that thing. They find each other. Oh, oh, okay. Yeah. It works, but I don't like it because I don't know what it's doing. Um, yeah. Okay. Look it up. It's not too bad for people at home and things. It's yeah. certainly that had yeah. tons of security yeah. flaws and first years. Blah blah blah. Things. It's, No, there's nothing. Powerline has nothing to do with WPS, but it's, but, uh, but, it's, but it's also the button thing you press. Yeah, it's similar, similar thing. Yeah. So. Or with decked phones or whatever. Um. Yeah. So, but this is nothing that we do on our network. Yeah. It's also. I mean, you have to. You have to understand. We came when initially when we talked about. You asked about public public IP public IP four addresses and stuff like that. There's <clears throat> there's there's different ways that you can build a big wireless LAN network. Um, mm -hmm. uh, there's actually just two major ways that you could do. And you, you could either you, say, okay, you, I'm you, building. You, you build two kinds of, as you, no. you do. Well, yes, in a way we do. Okay. The two kinds are, um, you can either build a big LAN party with or without wires, mm -hmm. 
So you say, okay, hey, this is a big LAN and you can talk to each other and you can all plug in your servers and talk and do uh, among each other. And by the way, this thing is also connected to the internet. <laughs> um, or you can say, okay, I'll build a, I build a wireless network and its sole, pres its sole objective is to, to give people access to the internet. Mm -hmm. That makes a big difference. Um, so normal hotel networks are of the second kind. Hotel, normal hotel networks or hotels in lounges or in trains for that matter. No, trains, really? There are, yeah, there, there, um, um, they're only set up to provide the individual logging onto the network yep. to provide access to the internet. Yep. They're not meant people aren't on those networks. It's not a LAN party. To, it's not a LAN party. It shouldn't be a LAN party. Mm -hmm. So, and there's, there's not so many networks which do the LAN party approach, uh, which has, at has a big time, impact. Yeah. For instance, the, uh, the, the CAS communication club at the Congress and at the camp, uh, or EMF they camp. Do. And those days, they do a big LAN party thing, which mm -hmm. also happens to be connected to the internet. Uh, um, and that's, that doesn't happen accidentally. It's fully meant to, to, to work that way. Yep. And so does the ITF. The ITF is also of the first kind. It's a big with LAN the exception party. of the guest rooms. <laughs> We try to make the guest rooms, um, part of the LAN party, mm -hmm. uh, but for various reasons. We, uh, it's, we cannot, okay, that, we cannot necessarily do it in the same they're, way. They're, they're kinda, uh, they can imagine, uh, why, why, may, may, may I have a, um, sure. Yeah. Because, um, if you, if you're just putting in another SSID on the access point, um, then the access point has uh, still the same configuration. Like it has before. And if you are in a hotel network and, uh, with a, with a, with another ISP from the outside or something, um, you don't want a LAN party. Yeah. So you, right. uh, you do the check mark in the GUI of the, <laughs> of the access point to, uh, to implement that some. Beats client isolation. Client isolation. Exactly. And if you just put another SSID, uh, I don't think that the most. It depends. It depends on the, on the equipment. Yeah. It depends on the equipment. Some equipment and, and, can and, do it. On the configuration level. So yeah. if you, if you're able to, 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 to do another configuration for the, for, for this um, SSID, then for the other, then uh, it might be fine. But uh, normally you won't do that. So you just put the other uh, SSID on the access point and you still have the client isolation checkmark on. So um, the client isolation checkmark uh, means you are... Depends. Like I said, yeah. some equipment allows you to do yeah. to set yeah. these parameters yeah. per yeah. SSID. Yeah. Some other equipment does not, where it's a central thing, central configuration parameter of the whole access yeah. point. And then, of course, since we're only guests in their network and they still using their normal hotel network. By the way, our network is open to everybody in the hotel. So not only ITF people. Everybody can see it's a normal guests. If there are still normal guests in the hotel. Uh, they, they can use they, the open they legacy. Can they can use it. Legacy, and legacy for instance, things. No, no, no. ITF dash hotel. IT in the guest rooms, they usually normally ah, okay. guests don't show up ah, in our, in our ah, conference ah, okay. area, but ah, yeah, they show up yeah, yeah. in their ah, own guest room. Yeah, but uh, so, I wasn't um, in the guest room, so they see I, ITF the yeah. hotel. Okay. Yeah, and sometimes it's kind of cool because <laughs> 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 little side story for me, Buenos Aires. Uh, like I said, uh, it was the longest flight that Lufthansa has, and I flew directly Frankfurt to Buenos Aires with what uh, on Lufthansa. Oh, yeah, and it turned out. It turned out that the Lufthansa crew was staying at the same hotel as ours. No, really? 
Cool. And um, <clears throat> so the people that I had all like, talked to on the plane, uh, I met back in the hotel and um, <clears throat> they were complaining. Uh, it's fairly interesting. Uh, there's, there's kind of like a two class citizenship within those big airline things. Mm -hmm. So you have the pilots and co-pilots and, and pursers and whatnot. And then you have the normal flight attendants. Yeah. And the pilots get, if, if, if the hotel, if the hotel charges for, for, for wireless. Yeah. Then as far as I understood the Lufthansa guys, the, the pilots get, get the free Wi-Fi from the hotel. Whereas the flight attendants usually have to buy it from the hotel. It's oh. not part of their, part of their deal. Okay. But this time it was kind of cool. So I just said, okay, guys, nice to see you here. So be here for two days. And uh, by that, I'll have put up my hotel network and give you a hint. There is a network, a new network here, ITF dash hotel. You should do um, that. Which you could use and it's free of charge and it's better, better than a normal hotel network anyway. <laughs> and the pilots had they the like that. They, They passed that. They passed that on. So the crews meet because they for the those those uh, those long long distance things. There's always in Buenos, in Buenos Aires there were always always three complete crews staying at the hotel. Okay. The one the run arriving at the hotel, mm -hmm. the one um, uh, leaving the hotel mm -hmm. on the same afternoon, mm -hmm. and the one that have the day stay over because they they don't they don't fly in, yeah. take a night yeah. uh, night sleep, and then fly back home. They they stay for two nights. <clears throat> so you always had three crews and they, of course, they know each other. They meet each other in the lobby or they do some things together or what sometimes. So, uh, once I told the first crew, the, the word spread and, uh, even, even to the last crew, crew, which I flew home with, uh, they had this, they had this network and uh, <laughs> they knew the network. Uh, they used it. They used it. Yeah. And they liked it. Okay. So, um, so it's, yeah, the network that we put in there is, is, it's open. It's free. There is only one exceptions that we ever did to that which was beijing um because uh, mm -hmm. you know open internet in some countries is a bit of a problem mm -hmm. politically mm -hmm. and uh there was there was kind of a dispute between the itf and chinese uh, officials mm -hmm. where the itf said no we want open internet yeah. we don't want firewalled internet and blah blah, blah. Uh, otherwise we cannot come to beijing because we have people from all over the place which need to work and we can't just have you interfere with our network traffic and the chinese reluctantly but they agreed they say okay yeah we give you unfiltered internet mm -hmm. but um you cannot have that open you have to put a password on it so that only itf uh, uh, attendees could use it mm -hmm. yeah but other than that um it's uh, everywhere we go we put up our normal network and it's open it's open for everybody to come by uh Well, it's, I don't think actually people are going to come to the venue just to use the net, but other people that happen. Oh, to be you in had the a poker stop. Network, you know that there was a poker stop. Uh. <laughs> Rats. Actually, actually, I, I sometimes I felt I had a, I had a poker stop on my laptop because I had other people. Uh, you know that I into the knock, into the knock, and then throwing virtual balls at my laptop. Now I, it was very annoying. You seriously, it was worse when I was there because you had a Pokemon just sitting on your stomach. No, it was my laptop. Alice was throwing balls at my laptop. Yeah, Alice, Alice, anyway. and Alice, and Alice and I were, were were the Pokemon playing guys, and but you had a, you you were you were luring Pokemon. You know that <laughs> your laptop and you do. So I'm sorry. Yeah. Anyway, Clemens so, yeah, is luring so, Pokemon. So I have to. 
I have really, really have to ch uh, think, uh, have to talk to the team about that open network thing if that happens again. I don't know. Do, do you know if 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 that uh, Poke Go or Pokemon Go thing is is available in Korea yet? I don't know. I really, I really, I will not fil like I said, we're not filtering our network, but yeah. that may be a good reason to start. So at least that. <laughs> oh, that, seriously. That, that in the knock we don't have we don't have shit going on like that. So I, people sorry jump around that, with, their, that, with, their, that, with their mobile phone. This is is not like wow. But there <laughs> is. Uh, I'm sorry, but that's an. Uh, how many access points do you have in knock? There's one. Then the one. No, there's there's the out of band one, the first one that I described, and the first and the last one. And then of the regular access points, no, we had three or four in a knock. Yeah, but but not not everyone is reachable for everyone. Oh yes. Yeah. So. Oh yes, yes they are. Yeah, well, except for the testing one, but um, um, the other the other three are, are available to everyone. There was. They're, they're just they have the same contribution as all the, the other. But the Pokemon thing out, doesn't out use so much bandwidth. And uh, sorry, the. It's not a bandwidth thing. It's the annoying thing that people jump around <laughs> while trying to work. Now jump the, around sorry, to aim the virtual balls I, at, you, at I, your I, stomach or or your <laughs> laptop or whatever. This and is the like, Pokestop. The Pokestop. Sorry, the Pokestop was um the the um <clears throat> the entrance. The entrance was the Pokestop. The entrance of the hotel. Not I don't even know what a Pokestop is. It's just annoying that people flock together at those places. No, they don't. Sorry, Alice is a part of your of your knock team, and so it doesn't. I never <laughs> said that that we only have sane people on a knock team. <laughs> <clears throat> okay. <laughs> People within their right minds. We have lots of funny and, and different <laughs> and complicated doesn't fit. people on, on the knock team. I can tell you that, and I but don't exclude Pokemon myself. Pokemon is way over the top. I understand that. I um, but um, just just for the audience, um, there was a Pokestop, and uh, even if IETF guys don't, yeah, I, the IETF chair Jerry Aqua. I was told that that he did some Pokemon things in the um, while ITF meeting, but um, the the hotel um, itself, the, the entrance was a Pokestop. So um, and the ITF people, some some of them, I'm sure they did um, put uh, some of the lure things on the hotel entrance. So you can you could see how many Pokemon go players you have there because they are all uh, somehow sitting outside and um yeah Clemens is uh um, yeah I <laughs> I'll go to back to the topic and ask one of my questions <clears throat> yes next question the first yeah well, uh, but wireless line control you were talking yeah about I was what's, asking what's about, about how you you use controllers and that's why I asked the question uh, a few a few hours ago um, about handovers. So you use controllers, VLAN, why? Nee, wireless LAN controllers, to 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 name it that way. Um, wireless LAN controllers, you use them, and they were part of the network. And I know that you don't use wireless LAN controllers on the networks you do for other big. Um, uh, well, I I do, I do, but, but you, different kinds of wireless line controllers. You don't you don't you <clears> don't use them for 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 Republica, for example. Oh, we did this year. <gasps> Seriously, uh, you didn't tell me that. Yeah, but but again, there are different types. 
Um, the one that we okay, perhaps, this, this perhaps, is really, just, really, we're now we're now about three three hours into that podcast, and this and this warrants it's the whole wireless thing warrants its own part. Let, let let me try to give you the shortest possible answer. And, and but perhaps <clears throat> just before, just say well, Wi-Fi, no wireless LAN controller, what it is, just a short interviews of that. Yeah, thing. it's. Perhaps. You can't put that into a simple thing because there are different kinds of them. Oh. Anyway, uh, what they do is if you have if you have more than one access point or more than just a few access mm -hmm. points, it becomes really tedious to con configure them all, especially when you do changes. Um, <clears throat> and so configuring a couple of hundred access points uh, that may be out there. Actually, in Berlin, we didn't have that many. We only, I think, had this time. Let's see. Um, it was in the stats. Da-da-da-da-da. How many? 64. We only deployed 64 at this time. But in the whole hotel. Except for the guest rooms, because we're using the hotel, much of the hotel stuff as well. But in the, in the meeting rooms, we deployed. But still, it's just 64 access points. Okay. So you configure them manually is a very tedious task. And uh, it also, in terms of traffic engineering, so where the traffic goes from the antennae, through the wires back into the routers and things. So all of this is part of the whole thing. And <clears throat> uh, there is different types of, of controllers. Some of the controllers, like the one that we use at Republica, they only help you to configure um, uh, the devices. So you have a central point where you configure all of the devices. Um, others, they actually do carry traffic. So there's there's a model where it's sometimes, or not sometimes, most of the time it's called lightweight APs. Mm -hmm. So the access points are are pretty dumb. They don't make any any big decisions. They basically only relay things that they receive on the antenna through uh, and through a tunnel protocol into the wireless LAN controller. The wireless LAN controller handles all the traffic, handles all the all the communications with the devices, the associations, the deassociations, the authentication mechanisms that are in there—it's all done on the, in a controller, and the access points are just just basically remote. Radios. If we're talking about a wireless LAN controller, mm. we're just talking about okay. There is one device moving from one access point to another, and we mm. do a similar thing, um, like we do um, on mobile networks in the outside from from. Mm. No, we don't. Okay. Completely different. Um, we have to talk completely about different that. because yeah, we have in another in another session. Yeah, but, yes. but um, we have to just just to give you a basic thing. It's in, it's another way round because because there you just yeah I know I know what you mean I know what you mean on the technical side but yeah the thing is okay it let feels let the same way. that way <clears throat> the wireless networks the wireless LAN networks there there were designed where there's only in the specifications, you only see there is an access point mm -hmm. and there is a client. Mm -hmm. Nothing else. It doesn't mention it doesn't mention controllers and things. Yeah. Uh, in the standards. Yeah. So that at least the client isn't aware of a controller. Mm -hmm. The client doesn't know. The client just talks in a standardized way to an access point, mm -hmm. and if that access point is smart by itself, or if it's just dumb dumb remote radio, which is then controlled by a controller, the client doesn't notice or doesn't see. Mm -hmm. Um, in a wire, in a mobile network, it's part of the design. So the, uh, the, there's multiple things. There is an, if you go to the normal GSM work, there's an MSC and there is a, there's a, there's a BSC. And especially for the radio network, the BSC, the base station controller is, is a designed part of the network. Yep. So it's sometimes the client knows, okay, here's something. 
that the BC does. I'm talking to a BC here. Or does BC the client the know that? No. <clears throat> yes. He knows that. There's actually, there's actually, it knows uh, that. In, a, in a mobile, in a mobile network, a client, uh, uh, uh mobile device, uh, it interacts with the network, but it was not only by, per, by passing data. Per design, per design. It is yes, per, per design that way mm -hmm. and not, uh, and, and wireless isn't designed that way. For instance. Yeah. Yeah, a big thing is since you're asking for the handover thing, like what do you do if a device with an with an ongoing connection moves between mm -hmm. between base stations? And I explicitly say base stations now because it's cells, a neutral thing. Cells, if you want. It's I, I didn't say access point, but it, it's radios. Let's just say radios. radio Okay, say could radios. Be, could be radios could be an access good. point or could be in a mobile network. Yeah. So in a mobile network, um, a device, um, sees not only its, its base station that it's talking to, mm -hmm. it sees also neighbors and it tells the one that it is associated with. It says, Hey, by the way, I'm seeing your friends, this and this and this and with this and this cell number and so on. And then the, the base station controller collects this data and then at some point decides, say, okay, now you seem to be closer to the next cell. So please at the next time mark. Hmm. Uh, we all switch over to the new cell. So we have a, a handover procedure is part of the standard. And it was ever from the beginning. Have you, have you? In wireless, in the wireless networks things, there, there are only very recent standards, uh, which not very many devices implement yet that accommodate for that. It was usually only that, okay, you have a base station, which is your access point and you have, you have your client, which is, yeah, the wireless clan client. And there's, there's no way that, uh, the client says, yeah, I'm, but hello, access point. I'm seeing your brothers and I see them with this and this, uh, single strength. And uh, should I move over or something? Because the client always, always only talks to one access point. And the only thing that the access point can do is it can shoo a client away by saying, okay, uh, please go. I dis, I disassociate you. Uh, please go somewhere else. Um, but it, you can't say, but please go there. So an exit point can, uh, if you have three of them and you're currently associated to the middle one and you're moving towards the left one, it's the, the access point in the middle can't say to the device, uh, please log off from me and talk to the guy on my left. Um, and so you, you can't really control things. Whereas in mobile networks, mm. the network is very aware where you are. The device is very aware that there's only, there's not only one base station. And they communicate and they, they negotiate a handover. Yep. And that's, that's not how it, how it works in the wireless networks. Uh, perhaps it's a very complicated thing. If you look at things and look at new <laughs> perhaps, standards and perhaps, things. perhaps, um, if you, if you, if you recommend that, that I, um, might have a talk for in, 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 uh, in the request for comments podcast with Tobias Engel about that thing or, 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 Because that hand. You mean GS GSM network setup? And not only GSM, but uh, LTE is the same thing. It's uh. Oh no no no! LTE is not the same as GSM. No no no. no 3G is okay, very close, okay. but LTE is not. Sorry LTE is sorry. Again, a completely different thing. Yes. Yeah. And okay. Sorry. I <laughs> I mixed things up, but uh, yeah, it is. But you have a handover. Agreed. Yeah. You have defined handover procedures. You have defined handover procedures. <clears throat> and, and the original, the 802.11 IEEE standards that are the foundation for the whole wireless thing, mm. uh, they don't, have, they don't have that. Yeah. There is, there yeah. are very, there are very recent, 
uh, additions to it and new amendments and trying to, people are trying to push new things because they have figured out, oh, there's a problem. We have way more wireless LAN networks now on this planet than do we have, than we have mobile networks and they're getting fuller and the bandwidth is getting higher and we need to have things like, oh, and things are getting, getting, getting uh, faster. So I know, I know that uh, faster, no, more high speed. (laughs) <laughs> so to say they're getting faster faster <laughs> every year yeah. more high speed uh speaking of which so we have an 802.11 ac yeah uh, network without without uh that's that's one of the one of the uh, uh wireless LAN networks that we provide um so on five gigahertz you can use ac if you have an ac capable device and you can get into the multi 100 meg so i think the fastest that i measured uh was uh, uh, close to 300 megabits seriously where from my iphone from my iphone no yeah sure yeah sure why doesn't why my iphone we have the same iphone Mm-hmm. But yours is broken. We established that during Republica. But um, mine, can, mine is I broken. Can, but I don't. I, I'm I not. Know. Yeah, no, it's broken. I can show you. I can. Uh, I sh- I showed you that. Uh, yeah, I saw that. I showed you 200 plus. Yeah, on the even, access point. Even in my hotel room was, in Berlin yeah. for the ITF meeting, I had 200 plus megabits. So it's, and I never measured more than 150, and my iPhone is broken. Yeah, or you didn't buy the speed license, which. I did. <laughs> anyway, the whole wireless LAN controller is it's the whole it's a, again it's, the design. We had that when thing. we talked about the uh, why we put uh, access points uh, under the chairs and things. It's a it's a very com- it's uh, like I said, it really warrants an episode on its own if we want to talk <laughs> about wireless network design. If you um, <clears throat> if you you need more time to talk to me. Yeah, <laughs> no, but I can't. I only have a limited set of words. Yeah, People so don't think that when they hear me talking all the time, but that's only so much I can say per time. Mm. Um, <clears throat> anyway, um, so wireless line controls, uh, we have only introduced them in full operation at this meeting. But you did it. Did we? No, oh, Buenos Aires. Buenos Aires. Buenos but Aires was the first one that we did. First time. But uh, this time this time we did uh, full speed and everything only on a wireless line controller. Uh, and it worked last perfectly. In, in, in Sorry, Prague, it perfectly. Oh yeah, yeah. It worked. It was, it was very, fine. very good. But it took a long time. We had those those controllers for a long time, and uh, every time we tried something little, then we failed with them because we found <laughs> bugs. The, we found the, tons of bugs in them. Scaling. And then we said, the uh, said, "Okay, we can't use it." And then uh, our Cisco guy went back to his guys at home, said, "Okay, nice try. Let's fix that bug and do that again." Um, we had. The thing is that because all the all the intelligence of a of a wireless network is, is in especially controller. in the Cisco design is in the controller. Yeah. If you have a bug in that thing, it affects everyone. Yep. Everyone. Yep. Uh, whereas when we had uh, standalone or what we call autonomous it's a, APs, it's a centralized design. Yeah, yeah. Then we ha- we may have had problems at only at only single access points, which we could then exchange or reboot or whatever. But if if a wireless LAN controller based network, the controller goes away. Okay, we had two of them. We had a redundant set. Hopefully, yeah. But um, <laughs> if that if that goes away, your entire network goes down. What does the other we found the funny other, box? What does the other? We con- found really funny box. What does the other? For instance, yeah. We have uh, we we talked about that IPv6 only network yeah. that we have. Uh, in previous Where versions Gitch, of software, GitHub we couldn't reachable. have that. Yeah. Yeah. But, uh, in previous versions of software, we couldn't, we couldn't, people couldn't use that. Okay. 
Why? We found out that the wireless land controller was trying to be smart. So he <laughs> looked at, he looks, he looks at traffic and sees, oh, I have a device that's associated with me, which doesn't have an IPv4 address. I give him There one. must be clearly something wrong with the, uh, with the <laughs> device. They're so going to kick it off the network. Seriously. Better. And we're like, okay. What the fuck? Even better. It was 2015, just last year that it happened. And we're like, what the hell? I mean, don't, come on. Don't. You're gonna have IPv6 network soon. <laughs> and you bring up a wireless LAN controller, which kicks off devices which don't have IPv4. Addresses. Was... Hello. <laughs> <clears throat> it doesn't want tons even of these one. Yeah, it doesn't want even uh, an IPv4 address. Don't kick it out. So, okay. Yeah. <laughs> So yeah, it took took a long time to get ready, and it, then again, these things are not especially they're not designed for these high density setups. They may be now because there's more more events, there's more people doing high density setups than than uh, than just us or the CCC. But um, uh, initially, when those things were built, they were built for corporate networks. So you have the corporate admin who is too lazy to configure his 500 access points uh, across yeah. uh, half. Half of the, half the, uh, the whole, uh, or the whole company. Um, and so they just, uh, they, they make it easy for them. So configure things and blah, blah, blah. And then you have like a dozen people per access point and they don't move. They sit at their desks with their laptops. Yeah. And so this was the initial design of these things. This is what they were made for. And they did that for a long time. So when people ask me, why don't you use, why didn't you use wireless LAN controls before? I use them in my company all the time and they're, they're working great. I hear that all the time and go like, yeah, but you're not running an event where you have, uh, two and a half or 3000 devices in one room on 25 access points. And, uh, if you try to do that and if you try to do things like using IPv6, haha, then you see that weird things happen on these things. And only, like I said, as of, as of this year, We started using wireless LAN controllers successfully uh, throughout the whole meeting in a big setup, even for the plenary and everything. And that worked, that worked really nice. Uh, I have to say that. But again, it wasn't like, uh, that we haven't tried that before. And so it's been a couple of years that we've been messing around with it. Would, would you do that, um, um, with, nah, for you, for you, you will, You alone? Oh, sorry, I have a hiccup. <laughs> would you, um, <laughs> would you alone do, do, do a network setup with a wireless, con a wireless LAN controller? Would you, would you do that at the moment? For, for, for. Depends on which one. There's different companies, different types. Um, also, I mean, the wireless LAN controller thing, it's usually, it's not very cheap. The things that we used, they were a donation from Cisco, but if we were to buy them, we would have had to pay a larger five-digit number in US dollars for the devices, only for the controllers, not to mention, okay. not a single AP. The controllers and the license to operate a large number of access points and then have the redundant pair that we have, if we had to buy that, I'd say $60,000, maybe more. Um, just for them. And so it's not a cheap thing. It's not nothing that you can easily say, oh, okay, I just, I can go, go to the next radio shack and buy myself a wireless LAN controller. Okay. And then again, there, there are other companies which, where the controller function is just a piece of software you, that you can download and get for free and you just buy the hardware of the access point. So there's, um, there's different strategies from the different companies. Okay. I understand. Um, next question. Yeah. Uh, two left. Mm -hmm. How many uh, access 
Oh, I have 64. a. I have a. Nah, no, not not the sixty-four you brought. In total. Including the hotel ones, yep. I don't know. For this one, I don't know. I really forgot to ask the guy, and he uh, in the hotel he fell sick. Um, after he done the, the last configuration for us, I don't know if it was because he had to do configuration for us, but now he was really sick. And <clears throat> so I don't actually know how many we had in the hotel room. You know that, you know, roughly how many rooms we have and their ratio. I would say like 100, around 150, 160, maybe this, that would be the, the number that would come to mind but uh why why i ask the there. question is because i heard someone in the knock saying it was more than 300 could be <laughs> again different towers <laughs> different towers they have the I, I, I could ask him again uh like i said we still maintain uh, uh uh connections with the hotel guests even after we leave because there is very likely that we're going to come back and um, so I can just ask him for you, but not right now, because it's uh, half past midnight here in Germany. So if I call Patrick <laughs> now, he'd probably shoot me. Um, <clears throat> yeah, but uh, this is um, um, okay. Uh, it could be could sometimes be a very large number. Mm -hmm. um, we have uh, we've been to hotels where each each room has its own access point. And then you have um, <clears throat> a couple of hundred rooms in the uh, um, in the hotel. Mm -hmm. um, uh, for instance, the one in Honolulu, the three thousand uh, uh, three thousand room thing. They had, I think, access point in in every second room, roughly. So you had uh, around well, 14, 13, 13 to fifteen hundred access points. Not bad. Mm -hmm. yeah. Okay. Third question, last question. Uh, I know. It. Um, okay, you had uh, Atlas probes within your network. Yeah. What did they do, and how do you use them? We have them sit there and do the usual things that they do. They do something, yep. even if you don't specifically specifically instru instruct them to do something. So if you don't give them specific tasks, yeah, yeah, they they, they, do they just do things, yeah. I know. They just do things, and then uh, we we look at them. We look at them especially prior to the meeting, because we want to see how our connectivity uh, in general looks. Like mm -hmm. if we can talk to the Air Force of Indonesia through IPv6. <laughs> um, <clears throat> now that that wasn't done for right prop, but anyway, so stuff like that. Um, so and they basically do the similar or same things that we do with our own Raspberry Pis, where we just set them out. And they simulate users. Uh, the only thing is that the rep probes, they don't alarm us. They don't send alarms. Um, they just monitor things and they keep history uh, of things. So if we found something that we could use them, say, okay, how long is it that way? Oh, okay. So it's always been that way since but, we've been but, here. So um, we have a bad ping time to the destination. But you can do go to, 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 to RIPE Atlas um, website uh, and, and ask how your probes did do. So well. Oh yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. So like I said, we look at long-term statistics and sometimes uh I I launch simple tasks like do some DNS tests that was at places where we had trouble with uh, geolocation and DNS reachability and things like that. That also happens sometimes. For instance, um we had a, we had a problem where in Buenos Aires we couldn't reach one of the root servers. We couldn't reach mroot. Um from You couldn't reach uh, what? 
mroot the m the the root name service and we're gonna have our own series about dns right but uh, <laughs> there's 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 13 there's 13 root name servers on this planet named a through a through k yes i know because uh, that's the question uh, that's Not why a i asked k. for a, a l m n a you m. couldn't reach the m m mm -hmm. we couldn't reach the m we couldn't reach the m instance that was responsible for us in south america and there was a problem Actually, it was pretty embarrassing. Was on the mroot side, but thankfully, the operators of the mroot, or one of the operators of the mroot system, was at the ITF meeting. So no, into the don't saying, tell me. Hello, seriously, we can't, we can't reach one of your instances. Unfortunately, it's the one that's responsible for this meeting. Oh, fuck! us at this meeting. So, can you please help Could us debug the thing? Lock in. Yep, and we found it out, and uh, they fixed it, and so yeah. <laughs> that's anyway. That's why I find it so fangirling incredible. So, um, yeah, and uh, the right probes, they help us do that because they do a long-term view. And we found out that it was all, that wasn't something that changed during the meeting, but there was something that was also there from the beginning that we, that we got there. Uh, it just, we hadn't, we hadn't seen it before. I hadn't paid attention to it, which is, by the way, that's one of the lessons that we learned of that, that we make it part of the, part of the uh, dead person ping thing that we're using, mm -hmm. that we ping all the free root, uh, 13 root name servers. Um, okay. or their, their, their any cast addresses. And so, <clears throat> that we see if we can reach them all, both on v6 and v4. Okay. Um, did you know that, uh, after, uh, the last request for comments episode, episode um that uh we had a whole a whole bunch of applications um submitted to the to the um ripe atlas um project yeah i heard something <laughs> about that that's a good thing yeah i i think so and um one one probe um found her way to uh vanes 100 where i'm sitting right now on her bonus. So it's, uh, uh, yeah. When, uh, the, the Ripe Atlas project, um, really, really is a good thing. You should, uh, yeah. Yeah. So everyone who does not know it, go please to go to the Ripe site, ripe.net. Uh, I think they have this um, site, atlas.ripe.net. Yeah, it's, it's, uh, under, under all about me it. measurements or projects or something, um, submenu and, or just listen to the last episode. <laughs> um, which is in German. Which is in German. I'm sorry about that. Uh, okay. I could put a link in, the, in, 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 in that episode as well to the Rap Atlas okay. project. Yep. So I'm out of questions. Almost three and a half hour into it, we finally get to the end of the meeting. You know that we have some breaks uh, in it, so it's not almost <coughs> three and a half anyway, hours. But um, the end, at, the end of the meeting is uh, when people try to go home. I just and again, it's not as simple as just turning stuff off. Yes, please. Um, I just wanted to say that uh, at your at your time, it's um half past midnight. Midnight. Thank you for that. Um, it's half past midnight, and um, where I am sitting, it's um, so good. Uh, three thirty p.m. And um, so we're we're not we're we're now tear downing the episode. No, no, no. First the meeting. Okay, That's sorry. A bit I have to say about it. Like I said, 
<laughs> after after the meeting is before the meeting. Mm-hmm. We can't just turn things off. Oh, I'm so sorry. So Friday Friday of the meeting, Friday afternoon, people go home. At that point, um, we we shrink down the network to a minimum network, which is uh, the scout has a twin brother. Like I said, the scout comes first. It's the first router that's there weeks or months before the meeting. Then the then the when, other stuff. When shows arrives up. this, the junipers show up. When arrives and a second twin a second yeah. scout router. Yeah. With with within the twenty seven crates, there is also a second scout type router. So the same router is also an edge router pro, um, which works together with the scout during the meeting and does certain things that we can't do on the MX eighties. Yeah, believe it or not, a three hundred seventy dollar uh, three hundred seventy euro router can do some mm-hmm. things. Not very many, but it can do some things that the big ass honking Juniper MX eighties can't do. Um, Are and you for those, sure for you want to mention those, that? <laughs> They're great. The MX80s are great. I love them. They are great. There's tons they of things. Are but they are, they are, because, because of their architecture, there are some of the things they that you, just they, they just can't things, do. Yeah. And once we get into routing and stuff, oh, well, we can talk we about that. We should do that. But anyway, um, it's, it's surprising and I, it's interesting. One of the talks that I had in Berlin was, uh, with, uh, one of the, I don't want to break here, but was one of the higher ups in Juniper from the technical mm-hmm. side. Um, in fact, was their CTO. Um, <laughs> and, and he, he, he asked me, so what, what are we doing on the scouts and, uh, what's, what function do we use there that they didn't have on the journeys? Mm-hmm. And, uh, so they are listening. It's not like they're oblivious to, of course uh, they're listening. There. But they're, they're, they're in, actually interested in, in why we're using <laughs> cheap routers <laughs> in addition to theirs. Um, so, um, yeah, um, which, by the way, Ubiquiti also donated. They're cheap, but they still donated them. So it's um, they they gave us the routers too. So that's nice. Um, of the uh, records, yeah, I'm so still I'm 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 a good I'm a really big fan of Ubiquiti. I like their okay. edge routers. Yeah, I don't I I really like them. The law, the 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 light one, the light, light. The small one. Yes, and they all- have even smaller ones now. Have I sh- have I shown you the 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 ERX? The no. re- it's as as big as your palm only. Oh, seriously, five port, five port, five port. And they're like, but the light like has 40, a three port. Forty-five euros or forty-nine euros, no, like that. Seriously, yes. mm-hmm. okay. Uh, could anyway, um, continue. so um. <laughs> This, this was the advertising break. That was the um, advertising. Uh, they're not sponsoring this podcast <laughs> for the American people. Um, this podcast isn't sponsored. Nay, no, don't, don't do that because, <laughs> uh, that, uh, yeah, no, no, that, that spon- uh, that podcast isn't sponsored by anyone. It's my hobby. Yet. Yep. No, not yet. Uh, oh, Clemens, shut up. <laughs> okay. If it was, no, no, no. if it no, no, I don't. Let me, let me, let me finish it. Yeah. Okay. Again, we have two of those guys. Like I said, the scout comes first. The three others come. That during the meeting we operate four out four routers in a mesh. Um, each of them doing specific tasks, and there's always two of them because we don't use uh, a device of which we ha- only have one in production because then Murphy would make sure that that particular one. <laughs> we should have a nerd, a nerd, a, a nerd episode of this episode, definitely. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So um, yeah, Murphy. Murphy is a team leader. I've asked I him know many Murphy times to expel so him well. to expel him from the team, and he has tried many times, but he keeps on coming. Murphy back. is an asshole, but <clears throat> yeah, we know him. 
Very anyway, well. so so during the during the meeting we have four routers in operation, and then during tear down we do something similar that we, like we did with the scout, but we just do it backwards. So uh, the the second scout, which is again it's small, lightweight, and mm-hmm. it's kept it's kept with the team with the with the other big stuff, but it's not in the same crates. So there is some shipping lo- logistics involved there, and and packing and things. Mm-hmm. Uh, so uh, he he stays on while we pack everything else up. So uh, when we roll back the access points and uh, the switches and uh, the big rack where which contain the servers and the 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 Juniper routers, mm-hmm. the big ones, and um, all that, uh, that guy remains on. The scout goes back into the case because it came with Jim and goes with Jim, or came with me and goes with me, or came with me and goes with Jim, and so on. So it comes with that person. He's not part of the big shipment. Uh, it flies with either one of us uh, uh, as part of our normal luggage, um, uh, but uh, it's twin brother. Uh, it stays on because there is something that happens after the after the official ITF meeting. There Excuse other, me, hand luggage? Internet. No, you you not not hand luggage. Okay, no, thank but, you. Uh, <laughs> no more check in check in luggage. Uh. But it's not it's not like. It's small. It travels yeah, in a small yeah, no, case. No, no. Uh, it's not. Uh, it's not something that is fright. It's yeah. not air fright. It's. Uh, it's just normal check-in luggage. Um. Uh, also, a different. It, it travels on a different customs carny. So uh, mm. one there's. I don't want to go into that. Uh, so yeah, there's yeah. two carnies going on. One one for the small part, and then one for the big twenty-seven crate things, and so so no, it's customs and stuff. Mm. All that involved. Um. Anyway, so um. The one that stays behind is uh, responsible for feeding a small sub-meeting that happens after the ITF meeting, because there's other internet organizations like the Internet Society, which oh, also the have... others! <laughs> yeah, the ISOC, the ISOC also yeah, ISOC has a meeting that on so the weekend important. after the ITF yeah, meeting. Yeah, of course. And they would also like to have some connectivity. Because every, only, everyone from the ISOC like, who's important is at the ITF meeting because the ISOC is the, uh, is, is the entity, which is uh, the legal entity of the ITF. Yeah. Yeah. And the one, Just the one that to explain that. is the ITF. Yes, of course, because it's the legal entity. Yeah. 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 So, but so they also gonna have their meeting, but there are only there's only Makes small sense. number. There's like around or less than thirty people, so we don't less have to than have thirty people. So many things, and we have a tiny little, uh, a small small brother of the wireless LAN controller twins. There's a small thing <laughs> again, and we only have then like three or four access points that we deploy only in the meeting rooms where the ISAC meeting still happens. Okay. That, and that's uh, that's, then we keep that's up. Small. No. Usually we, we keep up with, we don't promise that to the people in the hotel. So we try to keep up hotel uh, uh, connectivity to the guest rooms as long as possible. Um, and they're while very, we, again, they're we roll back the, the, the main, the, yeah, the main network. They are thing. thankful. Um, maybe we turn it off again. We turn the name off again. So mm-hmm. people who know that there is an ITF dash hotel network could still use it, but, uh, it's not visible anymore. And so things slowly roll back while the big stuff, the 27 crates are already packed up. Almost, almost everything is packed up except for the tiny little and extra the, wireless land controller, the four and the speed and of, the that hap- of, of that happening is so fast. So fast. Um, there was an email. There was an email for, uh, for the ITF, um, uh, 96. The attendees? Yeah, attendees that, uh, the tier down is starting now at, at, um, 3.30 PM. And um, the email from Jim, 
yeah, the the mm -hmm. fabulous famous gym. And um, after that, there were only two hours, two or three hours, perhaps, until all the 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 boxes stand there ready for shipment. Mm -hmm. And it's incredible. Yeah, we've done this a number of times. And the very line guys are also that's very incredible. Good. You know the, that. The, 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 do the, you know that uh, logistics guys? Yeah, we know. And you have some hardware guys. Then again, we do it. We do it three times a year, so it yeah. gets kind of gets kind of boring. But um, no, it's not boring. Uh, I <laughs> yes, I I get it. I was the first time I saw that happening. I was also like, "Wow, you guys are good." But now they are. It's incredible. Still good, but, um, <laughs> Sorry, I saw it for the first time, and it's not you. Tell you, you guys are good. It's more like. What the hell? Seriously. <laughs> the tear down. So. Yeah, okay. I'm yeah, so things again. get packed up again. That's also, I mean, their main incentive is they usually have s flights going out either next morning or the same night. No, that's so not the main incentive. It's uh, You did that a few times. Seriously. you that's That organization is perfect. I'm sorry, but no, it's not. No, it's certainly not perfect. Okay. Uh, if you, if you look at our postmortem uh, notes, we always find quite a number of things that are you always far beyond perfect. Find things are uh, not far beyond that. You not even close to being perfect. We'll always find things. Yes, there were pieces. But again, standing that's, in the middle of that's the fun. If, if we were just to repeat things. the same thing all over three times a year, then it wouldn't be as much fun. It's incredible. so we tried to improve things, and uh, I already found quite a number of things. And in between the meetings, <laughs> and you have we, a, you have a have, meeting a talk, talking about that. You have a meeting where you talk about okay, that's the lesson learned from that meeting, and uh, that's uh, what we will perhaps try to. That's to, what we call postmortem. Yeah. Um, yeah, and uh, uh, then there. then between between the between the actual meeting meetings, we have our our biweekly phone conference that I mentioned earlier. Weekly, and then then biweekly. Okay. Every two weeks. Yeah, yeah, okay. Uh, and um, so um, then there's other things I'm now preparing with a session with with my with my friends from the routing group because we're going to change some of the addressing and base router configuration. What thing. group? Uh, the router, the, the people who take care, who mostly take care as their main job to take care of the routers. <laughs> okay. Which is my, my friend and colleague Colin Doyle, myself. And as if Jim has the time, he comes in and messes on the routers too. But mainly <laughs> it's Colin, Colin, myself. And then there's our good friend Warren, Warren Kumari from Google, who's also, he's one of our universalists. Stop me fangirling now. He, he dabbles, he dabbles around on the routers too. Stop so, me fangirling. Um, Stop me. I won't. So, and so we're gonna, we're gonna have our own little, uh, phone conferences, Colin and I, maybe tomorrow uh, that we talk about things that we want to do. We took some notes in Berlin and then, then we're gonna put it together in a mail that we send out to the group. Say, okay, this is what we're proposing. And, uh, anyone uh, objecting, please raise your hand now or raise your virtual hand. And then we start implementing that as soon as the stuff comes back and pops up in Portland. Warren Kumari is and awesome. Then, ich muss, ich, sorry. I had to, <laughs> I had to finger just one sentence. Yeah. Yeah. You can look up all those people, all those awesome people. Please Warren Kumari, do. You find him. He's, he's the author of multiple RFCs and, He's a very, very Warren Kumari. Sure. I was dying if I figured out who that was. 
He used to, he's, he's the guy of, uh, of which I, his boss is windsurf. And I'm sorry. His boss is windsurf. You can Google that. You can Google that. His boss is windsurf and he is sorry. He's Warren, the Warren. He's the um, Warren. <laughs> funny t-shirts he wears. Yeah. Funny hats he wears. That's, uh, that's his trademark. I only know his um, t-shirts. Yeah, you didn't, you didn't see the, the, he has really, really funny hats. And I don't mean like just funny colors or things. He has, he likes to collect hats. Like, you know, Mongolian hats, Mongolian fur hats, or, uh, weird shaped hats, or I don't know. Uh, he probably, I told him, I told him that the other day I saw someone in Berlin who was wearing an old TV set on his head. Like he took out, he took out the tube. He took out the tube out of an old TV set and he put the, the hole in the, in, in the bottom of it. So he could, he can, he can wear the TV set. He could look out of the TV set and he used the TV set as a hat. And Warren was totally fascinated. <laughs> and, and Warren's, Warren's wife, who was accompanying him to Berlin, gave me the, the deadliest stares. I had, yeah, the deadliest stares I had ever received. Uh, from her, uh, ever since I knew her, cause I was, I was setting up, uh, Warren for the idea to wear a fucking TV set on his head. And, uh, he probably is, he probably is gonna go for it if, if his And I'm so sorry, but, but I have to say that you, you meet people like Warren Kamari, yeah? Um, he's, a, he's very, very, very famous, yeah? In, in, in that kind of community. And, um, he is so incredibly nice that it's totally um, overwhelming. So and uh, yeah, we're nice, we're nice people. Otherwise, I, I yeah, have a big but, problem with but, going to these places three times a year and seeing those guys. So for like and that's six weeks and a year. that's uh, what what <laughs> what was <laughs> what was so definitely heavy for me. So <laughs> it was uh, okay. Yeah. They are so nice. I'm sorry. I'm just okay, stopping anyway, coming. I think you mentioned that. Yeah, I mentioned once it. or twice. Yeah. Um, so sorry. Um, the uh, so we roll back things, mm -hmm. and the last thing that goes is the is the second scout router and the last four access points and the mini wireless. I'm controller fan of your scout routers uh, as well. And um, that's it. Then things are packed up, sent back home, and uh, there's Oregon. a couple of weeks where we, during which we can't really do things, but have our our discussions. But they're only theoretical because there is no devices to be touched, unless I double with my scouts that are <laughs> out there. And um, so, yeah, this uh, we're in that phase right now, and uh, this stuff is to arrive in Portland real, real soon now. I haven't received an, a message during during uh, our podcast here. Actually, let's see. Maybe I have because I we're using Slack oh, uh, for Susie. a couple of months now. I don't understand. Yeah, we're, Slack. we're looking. We're looking into things. We're looking into I things. I don't understand. But, uh, somebody, we just wanted to have something, and somebody said, "Okay, yeah, let's just create a Slack account," and people went with it. And I so don't on, understand so. it. Okay, hold on. No, 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 no. It doesn't. No, it, hold on. It no, no equipment yet. So it's, <laughs> no equipment. It, maybe it shows up, but it's it's Thursday. It's still Thursday on your time, and you're you're on Portland time any time anyway. Sorry, same so time I am, zone. I am really so and no, there won't. It's be. supposed to either show Friday app or yeah, Monday the latest, perhaps. and then we're gonna start playing with that stuff. Did I mention that? And I then after the show is before the show, and things start <laughs> over again, just at a different place. I lost my passport. So you you know that, no? 
I lost my passport. Yeah. yeah. You still could you still could go to Oregon without the passport. But, um, yes, to Malibu as well. Anyway, um, <laughs> just like a, a a final, almost final, final thing here mm -hmm. is um, oh no, almost I forgot something that I mentioned earlier that I have to tell. But uh, almost so um, yeah, next one is Seoul. It's in in like I said in November, mid November this year. Uh, the one thereafter is in spring of next year. Where? It's going to be in Chicago. Oh. I don't know if I'm going to do Chicago. I usually skip you? the US ones. Seriously? I skip. Why? Yeah, because they're, they're boring, except for Honolulu. Um, <laughs> which of course I did. Uh, but, uh, Chicago is, I've been to Chicago a number of times and yeah, we'll see. Uh, I'm probably going to do it. Anyway. And next so, in San Francisco. And next summer, next summer, we have one that's in Prague. Yeah, I heard about that's that. That's 98, 99. So, um, and then there is the uh, ITF 100 in Singapore mm -hmm. at the end of next year. And I have no idea what comes after 100. It's 101, but uh, I don't know where it's going to be. Um, Why? so yeah, I've, I've visited some, I've, I've qualified some sites, some very nice sites, but I can't tell you about ah, it. The decision, they, haven't been, the, they haven't been, the decision picked, wasn't made. They haven't been, that if we qualify a site, so if we go to a place, say, okay, we could do it here. That doesn't mean that we actually do it. So, uh, I would recommend we should San not, Francisco, we should, but no, we should not talk about it. Okay. To like get people's hopes up or whatever, yeah, so then the site couldn't be because there are so many things. It could be that the site is nice and technically totally capable, but mm. it's too expensive, or uh, we can't get it during the time frame that we want it because we only have certain time frames where we could where we could do it, and they they may be busy over the next three or five years mm -hmm. during that time frame, yeah. and so on. So I can't I I can I know of places that I've been okay. to that I've seen that it, that it, that might be nice, but I can't tell you if there's going to be a meeting mm, or not or okay. when it's going to be okay. there. So. Okay. I'd recommend San Francisco. Yeah. San Francisco is nice too, and they've done a number of things there. But again, there's also again the problem with you have to find a venue which is both big and small, big mm. enough for the plenary, small enough that we could still have lots of little working groups. And yes, we've done San Francisco, and there's Francisco there's places nice. that we could do it. Yeah, it's yeah. so nice. I can tell you. I, But you then know. again, you also. You also have to, th you have to think, okay, US is, uh, presently it's not a problem. We'll see about after the election, but, um, uh, there is, <laughs> yeah, the there's always a problem. problem. There's always a problem, um, uh, that since we're uh, coming, uh, from all different countries, mm -hmm. um, all over the world, uh, different, different regions and so on, there's, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. There might for be instance, some I, problems for, oh shit. Yeah. I give you, I give an example. I was, we had the discussion earlier this year in the, in this, in a, in a site qualification meeting. So I asked them, uh, um, why we keep on going back to places that we know, like Berlin and Prague are very popular. They're, they're cheap. They're easy to get to and they're politically unproblematic. Mm -hmm. Europe, most of the places, oh, actually all of the places in Europe are unproblematic. Um, uh, still was, again, we'll see about after the election, but things still, US is mostly unproblematic. <laughs> but then I asked them, like, why don't would you go, just go to Kuala Lumpur, which is Malaysia? And the simple answer was, yeah, uh, Malaysia is an Islamic country. They don't recognize Israel. We couldn't have people from Israel coming. Wow. Yeah. Um, like not on a usual visa. 
uh, I'm pretty sure there are Israelis that every now and then show up in Kuala Lumpur for whatever reason or military or whatever. But uh, there's no, there's not, not an easy way for people from Israel to come to Malaysia. And that's what I've been told. But um, uh, so there's stuff like that that uh, uh, says, okay, we we can't. Do, so we try to make it. We try to we try to uh, use pick sites. For the meetings that uh, that are easily and e all equally easily accessible for pretty much mm. everyone, okay. As far as we as as far as we can, um, um, so this is uh, why why there is always a problem that we can't just go everywhere that, where there's a big hotel. So the last thing that I wanted to say because I only touched it uh, briefly when we're joking about the dark fiber is um, there's actually something interesting here. Um, and people like to hear about it because I've been, I've been asked about it before outside of this podcast is, um, and not only did we have dark fiber here, but we, the, the, it ended up not only at a single provider, but it ended up at a commercial internet exchange. There is, uh, this is like a meeting point, And when we get to the, our episode about routing and things, we could talk about how these works in general, but the general idea is that you, that you end up at a big, big ass honking Ethernet switch. Big, fast. Mm -hmm. Did I say big? Mm -hmm. And uh, uh, usually these internet exchanges span multiple sites inside the city. You may have heard about the DE6 or DE Kicks. No, I never heard about in Frankfurt? that. In Frankfurt? Yeah. <laughs> yeah so. I think it spans about 14 or by now 15 or 16 locations in Frankfurt. So there's a big ass distributed internet uh, ethernet switch and when i say big it means it's designed to hand to carry terabits uh multiple terabits um if, and if, you have if, if clement says big it means okay it's incredible huge I mean, just just say okay the ports that are coming off that ethernet switch is yes you can still get a gigabit port but people are, will just smile at you Uh, the normal normal way to attach the easiest cheapest normal way to attach to such a thing is through 10 gig uh you can have multiple 100 gig uh connections to that ethernet switch and all that so it's it carries a lot of traffic mm -hmm. and um, the idea is is that you have uh, uh all sorts of isps and service providers that that meet at that bring in their equipment and uh plug it into this big honking ethernet switch And we had a connection to Ekix, uh, uh, which is one of the two uh, commercial internet exchanges that we have in Berlin. Um, and there was uh, they sponsored that, and uh, we hooked up our, our routers to to this big LAN, and we met in met virtually. Um, <laughs> not only a handful of ISPs. Um, I'm gonna mention a few of them now, which because they were very nice to us there too. Mm -hmm. Uh, but also uh, the big service providers, the Googles of this world. Uh, so Google itself, usually Facebook too. Um, uh, Akamai, big service provider, uh, or content content service provider. They they are also present at these Ethernet switches. So this is how I came to be able to ping Google's name server eight 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 through our circuit in less than a millisecond, because we we were directly peering with Google there. Um, uh, and not going through somebody else. So usually, if you only have you an ISP, that you were like Deutsche Telekom or whatever, to Google there. We were directly peering with with Google. I just want to mention that, yeah. 
Um, and uh, and that was that was very nice. Also, the thing is that because the big ISPs, the big international global ISPs, are already present at these sites, they could provide us a service like transit service, like give us give us the internet, basically give us access <laughs> to the internet by just a few keystrokes. Nobody had to go out there, lay a cable, plug something in, or even order a circuit from somebody because we were already there. We're already plugged in into the same Ethernet switch that uh, other service providers uh, or those service providers were. So it so happened that um, um, being present there meant that, meant that we could ta already talk to all the, all the local ISPs in the Berlin area and a few a few global ones um among which for instance uh, strato strato is not well known outside of germany but uh, they germany, have a reputation they in germany they usually more uh, have a reputation for their for their service that they provide so they they provide uh, you could you could rent servers there virtual physical servers or virtual websites and whatever so they do all that stuff but they're also a transit provider so they can they can provide you with access to the internet And, uh, they were very, that, that was very, very cool. So, um, we approached them saying, okay, we're eKicks and we're the ITF. Uh, we'd like to ask you if you could provide us with transit. Uh, uh, so give us access to the internet globally. Uh, would you be uh, interested in considering a sponsoring and to doing that for us? And that was the first email that we sent. And the response was, Yes, of course, and I've already configured it. Here's the thing. <laughs> and it's not, it's not like they go back and say, uh, usually like, yeah, I gotta go to my boss and ask and yeah, but da, da, da. And then we talk no. about technical stuff. He was like, here the it guy is. That we we sent him Yes, yes, of course, here, take it. And, uh, so, uh, and then we had another nice interaction. Um, I'm not going to go into the details on how that came to pass, but there is, there's a global provider, HENet, Hurricane Electric. Um, Literally, he.net. You can look it up. Uh, very, uh, I had many encounters and in my other life, I already, I, I <laughs> take services life. from them. I take services from them in multiple occasions. Mm -hmm. So I, I, I knew the guys, but, uh, usually I try not to mix that. So, um, cause there's a yeah, commercial yeah, course, thing on course, one side course. and the ITF yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, is a different thing. Uh, but, um, they were like, Hey, cool. We saw you on the eKix, uh, on the eKix route mm -hmm. server. Uh, would you like some transit? <laughs> like, yes, sure. Yes, <laughs> Here's yes. the data. And Please. The interesting do. thing is you could, you could just get, you could just get more internet connectivity, uh, by talking to people or sending emails or chatting people. I, I think I didn't even call anyone. I think it was just oh, emails seriously? that we send out. And then, oh. then there were people during the meeting. There were people, um, from NTT, which is Nippon mm -hmm. Telecom, mm -hmm. uh, uh, Telegraph. So it's the Japanese guys, which also had a presence, um, but not in Berlin, but in Frankfurt. And, but there's also an eKix in Frankfurt. So, so there's the same, there's not only the eKix in Frankfurt, but also there's also other commercial internet exchanges in Frankfurt. Mm -hmm. And they are interconnected too. So NTT approached us and we thought about, okay, they have cool connectivity to Asia. So that may be interesting. And, um, uh, then I talked to the eKix guy, said, okay, we're connected to your Berlin switch to the big Ethernet honking switch in Berlin, but we know you have one in Frankfurt and the NTT guys are in Frankfurt and we know you guys are interconnected. Can you give us a path between Berlin and Frankfurt that we could use? 
We did the episode about uh, about uh, uh, Ethernet, so I can use the term VLAN now. <laughs> and the EKIX guys came back with, sure, no problem. We've created a new VLAN that connects you to our switch in Frankfurt. Um, and there you can peer with NTT. And all that happened just within a few minutes, less than an hour. And so we, could, so we could start incredible. peering with the, with, with the Japanese guys through their connection to Frankfurt, through EKIX Frankfurt, EKIX Berlin, and uh, then through the dark fiber into the hotel that we were in, and all that at gigabit speed, just at just by just by sending out some emails and sending out some messages, three email messages and stuff like that. Say, like, can we do this? And they're all sure that's no problem because the interesting thing is it's it's all infrastructure that it's there, and it's and the fucking have, IETF. It's the fucking IETF. Yeah. Um, it's, it's infrastructure that's already there. They just have to configure things. They don't have to invest into more hardware or stuff like that. Isn't that sad? And, uh, they, they, they know we're the good guys, so that. they can, they can just give it to us, be, uh, and not having fear that we're going to overload their network or do something uh. nasty on it and so on. And, um, that was, that was very nice. That was a very nice interaction there. And so I have to give credit because we gave credit to Deutsche Telekom beginning. Of you, the have to. you have and, to, and, you have and to. And I definitely have credit. to say thank you. Thank you, Kai from eKix, um, for providing us uh, the, those very great services. And also thanks to, uh, Mark Tindall from Mike Tindall from, uh, um, uh, HENet and, uh, to Jared from NTT and, uh, Strato, Christian from Strato, uh, who gave us, who right gave us now, good right? connectivity. Yeah. Oh, sorry. I touched, no, I touched the beam that yeah, broke yeah, my yeah, mic. Sorry. <laughs> I shouldn't have. Okay. Yeah. And, uh, so, um, thanks to Jim anyway. Thanks to Jim. Jim. Yeah. Of course. Thank you, Jim. Thank you, Jim. <laughs> <laughs> so does that does that conclude our episode about our short brief brief short episode brief, you know yeah i i, I was I, I thought about um mixing the um next two episodes together but uh, i think that's a single episode here i was talking about okay. itf network uh, why did we do this in english um, i don't mind but <laughs> Why did we do that in you English? Gonna, you gonna switch over to English the whole series, or uh? I'm thinking about that seriously. I do uh, because uh, you okay. you saw what I did to the cover. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Perhaps, yeah, <laughs> somehow related. It's fine. English is a perfectly fine language to use, especially for these topics. Uh, yeah, but, so, but I have um, to I have to practice a little bit. But um, it it, it worked out fine. Thank you. Thank, thank I think so. Cool. Yeah. Perhaps I think we're done. So, if people have have questions, please hold them back. <laughs> no, don't. No, no, no. There is the there is the request for comments. Uh, uh, the website. There's a there's a website. You can you can ask questions uh, there in the comments. Oh shit! I have to translate the website in English. I can't. I can't poll. I can't poll the website all the time. But you get you get notifications when people post things. Yes, I do. So yes, just, yes, I do. But but um, yeah, yeah. You you want to get notifications? Tell me. If, you tell me if, when things if, pop up. If, if if people ask you for yeah, okay, there are people who ask you for for for, for things. Yeah. Okay. Um. Okay. I think we we did it for now. Yay. Yeah. One o'clock. One o'clock. For, for no yeah. For. <laughs> Oh my goodness. It's it's a very long time. Again. Uh three Again. Like always. 
Okay, okay, thank you for so, listening. Thank you very much for listening. Thank you for listening. <laughs> and um, yeah, uh, I'll. Oh, it's a whole episode. Again, definitely. How could I possibly think um, doing a short episode with Clemens? That's uh, an incredible. Well, thing. you spent like half of the episode fangirling about the great experience that the ITF meeting is. Okay, I have to give okay, you that. okay. It is, is <laughs> no, it is, it is a great experience. Honestly, it's a nice, very nice group and everything. Yeah, and I was fangirling, uh, but um, and it was fine. It was just I uh, was fangirling. Okay, one one last thing. Did you saw me on Twitter fangirling Merlin Men? No, you no. didn't. Um, I fangirled Merlin Man. Uh, he's, he's an American po podcaster and um, he's nice and he was nice. And yeah, okay. Okay, you we stop it for now. enjoying the people that are nice to you, which means that usually people are not nice to you. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's the only conclusion no, that I can draw no, from no, that. no 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 that, no 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 that's not that's not no people are always nice to me I wouldn't understand why okay anyway um, so that, let's stop fangirling each other <laughs> we're fang we're stop <laughs> fangirling each other Clemens very nice thank you for for, for being guest again and um, thanks for the podcast and uh, thanks to, to our listeners Goodbye. Bye. Bye.